Welcome to the Clone Saga Chronicles 2.0 feed for Spidey-Dude.com. Now, in these episodes, all the way up till episode 20, we have some dated references to a website that's no longer in use and a voicemail lo- number that's defunct. So as you listen to these episodes, pay that no mind. Sit back and enjoy this episode of Clone Saga Chronicles. He's also on another <laughs> podcast, dude. He is? You're on the three of them? Clone uh, Saga which Chronicles? one did you say? Oh, Clone Saga Chronicles, you're on that one too, oh, aren't nobody you? nobody listens yep. to that. Whoa, I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. Dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. But the next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming apart. Welcome back, clone heads, to the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast. I am Zach Joyner, your friendly neighborhood host and webmaster of SpideyDude.com. Joining me on this episode, of course, as always, is Bertoni Beal. How are you doing, sir? Hey, hey, hey. I'm doing cool. And uh, Gerard Dillatour. How are you doing, sir? (laughs) And uh, somebody we haven't had on the show for a while, but he's back. Brandon DP, the uh, site designer. What's up, guys? Who actually has a new headset, and so hopefully we'll be able to hear him this time. <laughs> He's returned from exile. You're, you're the exile returns. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that's punny. Okay. Yeah, very punny. Yeah, it won't uh, be in, when you read this month's episode issue. <laughs> and speaking of the disembodied voice, uh, that would be Jason H. He returns <laughs> from, uh, from exile as well. Hello, folks. And last but certainly not least, the man, the myth, the legend. The sidekick. The sidekick. <laughs> Donovan Morgan Grant, he's, all, he's the uh, sidekick on the Spectacular Webs podcast. Also, he's also Bertoni and him are on the Spider-Man Classics podcast with uh, John M. Wilson. So check that one out if you haven't already. Um, we got a lot, we got quite a bit of uh, stuff on this episode, we got uh, playing catch up. We've had a sabbatical since we've last recorded. Now you've, you know, since the last episode you've listened to, it's, you know, it hasn't seemed like that big of a gap, but it's been a while since we recorded. So, um, of course, I think everybody in the room has gotten the clone TP uh, trade paperback. Is everybody? Not me. Uh, <laughs> not yet, but I'm going to at some point here. Okay. So Gerard, Don. Yeah, yeah, I, I have. I'm a cheap. <laughs> I paid full, full price for that. Uh, no, I, I, I'm gonna buy it off of Amazon where it's cheaper. Yeah. But uh, I, I have read all the issues in it except for the uh, Lost Years stuff. 
which, which is, is what I really need to read. Made of epic so win. Good. Oh yeah, it's, it's John Romita Jr. and James D. Mateus. That should be win right there. So, yes. yeah. How was the recoloring? Did they recolor any of the Bill Sinkevich stuff? Um, we haven't gotten that far yet. Yeah, it's not in there yet. It's Thank not in God. there yet. It now, the, will uh, be. It <laughs> will be. <Sorry>. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Brandon, did you get it yet? Uh, not yet. My uh, shop hasn't uh, ordered it. I'm working on it, though. Okay. Uh, a couple good places to get it would be mailordercomics.com. Uh, okay. for 2204. They're not sponsoring us. Canada? Don't give them free advertising. And, uh, let's go do InStockTrades.com for the same price. So you can do, go either one of those places and get it for pretty cheap. So, check that out. I, uh, gave it a 5 out of 5 on the crawl space. Uh, epic win. This is a really well constructed trade. It goes, it even goes back to the, uh, to the 70s. Back- well, it goes no, it goes back to the seventies, but it goes back to the backup stories that led up to it. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, when they were like the pages where the mystery man, they were hinting at the mystery man. They have all those pages in there, which is like thirty-five to forty pages. And then, of course, they've got the uh, backup story to power and responsibility, lost years, the uh, mm-hmm. Parker legacy, and uh, exile re- the uh, exile returns. That's that's what's in the trade. So. Lots, lots of stuff, and really good. Three hundred eighty-five pages, I think. And they also have the uh, afterward uh, to the Lost Years trade paperback that JMD Mateus wrote. So, oh, cool! Mm-hmm. Any other bonus material? Um, they've got uh, during the scene transitions. The uh, they kind of explain. Okay, this is where Peter Parker was at. They kind of give you a brief, brief rundown of like when he's talking about I am the Spider. Yeah, there's a lot of that in there. The the footnote for that's probably like, okay, it was a good idea at the time. Just don't judge us. (laughs) Yeah, the uh, and then they have the front and back covers to all the issues. Like the back cover on Lost Years is on there. They have the trade paperback covers, the foil hologram covers, and you can see the differences between the two. Uh, They don't actually have the foil inside the trade, but they actually show the different covers. Well, that's cool. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, you know they've got a really, really nice trade dressing. They recolored the uh, front of the issue. It's a homage to Unlimited uh, Spider-Man Unlimited number seven, which is the greatest story of the Clone Saga. Yeah, God, that was awful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they and they kind of put it kind of weird. They're like it's it takes place right after part one of uh, Exile Returns. They put it, that's where they put it. Well, you know, we, we can all. Be happy that it's not nearly as bad as Maximum Clonage, which will be coming on farther down the line. Oh, we got yeah. we got some good stuff coming up. We'll we'll make an announcement concerning ma- uh, Maximum Clonage here in a little bit, towards the end of the show. Um, another that big deal. Fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, another big deal is Kane. Character of Kane is coming back at Grim Hunt. Uh, the upcoming storyline, I think, was it May or June? Well, it's June. It's, he's it's he's June. already showed June up in some of those. He's already showed up in some of the subplot pages, which was funny because one of the ones was right after we recorded the podcast where someone asked Zach if Kane was going to come back. And you're like, you know what? I don't think he will because Guggenheim's gone. And then like one or two books. I think it was like the next book that was out. You see Kane on one of the last pages. Really? Didn't, didn't we see? They I'm gonna... showed him. Did anyone pick up the Mafri Grim Hunt? Um... Yeah. 
or Origin no. of the Hunter one shot. Well, you didn't miss anything. But, uh, it, d- it does show Kane in it, so maybe that's what I was thinking of. Because I know that I I know that I saw Kane in a comic recently. I I flipped through it at the store, but I didn't actually pick it up. It's free. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have, when I go to the store tomorrow, I'll, I'll check it out. The uh, so we got Kane coming back. He'll be back in Grim Hunt. Uh, Yay! Uh, some bad news. I got some bad news for you guys. Spider Girl is not an ongoing series, but a mini. At least we can take comforts. At least we can take comfort in that spectacular Spider-Man has a safe and secure future. Oh, shut up. Okay, okay, fine, oh, fine, so fine. Funny. At least, at least Joe Casada is not going to do any follow-ups to One More Day. And it's been a while since we recorded, so uh, we're going to uh, get to some voicemails. <laughs> wow. Um, we've got four voicemails this episode, the first one being from Tyler Crone. Hey, Zach Paterni, guys. Uh, this is Tyler Crone calling in again, just... Wishing you good luck on the show. Uh, I was wondering what you guys thought of all the twists and turns that were taken in uh, Clone Saga number six. I know you guys are probably going to talk about it, but I was expecting it like the day after it came out, and you guys disappointed me. Uh, you know, just everything from the twist on the end of the original Clone Saga and Ben Ackley being saved instead of killed, and just all this different stuff, and I'm hoping you guys get back to me, because it, or at least, you know, address this during the podcast, because it it just threw me for a loop. I'm sorry if you guys hear wind, but I'm walking back from my comic book store right now, and, you know, it's a nice day, I decided to walk, so uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Okay. Thank you, Tyler. Um... We already covered this. <laughs> I he, guess. He, he left that voicemail before that episode, quote unquote, aired. Yeah. So I was uh, up here, so it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, um, tonight. you know, we uh, kind of brief, briefly go over it. I think I like. I think we all like the changes that uh, occurred in number six. Yeah, I well, thought it was a fantastic issue. Yeah, it was awesome. I would have so, liked them to handle Norman Osborn better, but otherwise. Well, it wasn't Norman Osborn. It was the clone of him. I can forgive I still have it. Because, with that. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I can forgive it because Peter and MJ got to have baby May. Yeah. Well, they got to hold her too. Exactly. And so did Aunt May. And Aunt May's alive. Whoopty freaking law. <laughs> Sorry. So is this like? Was that the end? And was that is that what a Spider Girl continuity is? Or no, mm-hmm. Spider Girl. No, because in Spider Girl continuity, there's still the fight between up. Uh, Peter and the real Norman Osborn, Peter gets his leg blown off. In, yeah. in, oh, yeah. Like, uh, I forgot about that. In, Four years old. in Spider-Girl continuity, uh, Gathering of the Five still happened, and even Spider-Man comments on it when they retell the story in Spider-Girl. He says, Norman was doing some, court of mis- some sort of mystical thing. It seemed really out of character for him. Yeah, that, would, yeah, but that wasn't a pot it, shot at all. <laughs> yeah, but it's like three years down the line from uh, where it actually happened. Because we just try and forget about it in regular continuity. Because it's that awful. Anyway. It'll be fun to do a special episode on, though. Yeah. But, like I say, uh, Tyler, go back and I'm sure you've already listened to that episode. So leave us another voicemail at, you know, 
you know, after you listen to this show. <laughs> you don't okay, know the second. phone number, do you? Uh, I forgot. It's been too long. <laughs> you never remember. It's like I can hear you're like, leave us a voicemail at uh, our phone number. All right, <laughs> all right, people, hold, hold on a second because I actually prepared two zero six three three nine five five seven zero. Okay. Anyway, let's get to the next voicemail. From he didn't leave his name. Um, I don't know how to take that, man. It's just, no habla espanol. Well, I just want to say to the individual, I'm sorry you think we're we'll try better. <laughs> Jason knows some Spanish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he raised some pretty asshole. interesting, he raised some pretty interesting points about the jackal and the parallels between the jackal and, uh, Homer from the Odyssey. Yeah, I, don't, I never thought about that way. Stella's like head just exploded. She <laughs> <laughs> doesn't listen to the show. We're not cool enough for her. Oh, <laughs> Stella, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I just didn't mean it. So but that's a great segue. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of crawlspace people who listen to the show or don't listen. Hey guys, this is a message for the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast. This is Kevin Cushing. I uh, just want to say. I don't get a chance to listen to podcasts very often, so I got embarrassingly behind on the Clone Sawyer Chronicles podcast. But this past week, I had to take two five-hour car trips and one one-and-a-half-hour car trip. And out of those ten, out of those eleven and a half hours, I spent ten and a half of them in one week listening to the Clone Sawyer Chronicles podcast. That was eight episodes in a row. Uh, the first hour was devoted to Batgirl to Oracle. Sorry, but she's cuter. Um, and I'm here to tell you, you guys never got old. Ten and a half hours, all in one week, and it was solid entertainment. I never got bored. Uh, you all made the drive go fast. And it's a really informative podcast. I just actually finished reading through the Clone Saga myself for research for Spider-Man Crawl Space. Uh, and this has been really, really good <laughs> refresher for me, because it took me about a year to read through the Clone Saga, just on and off with all the new comics I had to read. So getting this stuff of the early Clone Saga, you know, you, Bertone's summaries are excellent, uh, very detailed, while not being dry, because he's clearly sarcastic. So it's it's been really great and informative. Uh, hearing all your all's views and opinions has been really good. Uh, very entertaining. You all have a great team put together, and even the people you rotate in and out uh, great additions to your team. I'm loving this podcast. It's an excellent podcast. So I'm just here to say thank you to each and every one of you for keeping me company for ten and a half hours on the road, making the car trips bearable. I appreciate this podcast, and hopefully I will never get so far behind on listening to it again. Thanks, guys, and keep up the good work. Okay, when I first heard this voicemail, I uh, I couldn't help but kind of beam a little bit. Kevin and I have uh, we've been doing crawl space for almost four years, and uh, uh, I, I really wasn't expecting the voicemail. And he always he always uh, he actually pimped this on the uh, 99th episode of Crawl Space, and and then we got this voicemail the next day, which was great. I what do you guys think of the voicemail? It made me warm and fuzzy inside. Me too. <laughs> e three, <laughs> that's hard because I'm a sick, cold hearted. <laughs> you think it's hard it's for you? I live in Detroit. 
I, what I said to Kevin was, I know that you're a man of very, very discriminating taste, so the fact that we were able to keep you entertained for 10 hours is a big compliment because when Kevin doesn't like something, he, he's, he pretty much says it, and he calls it So Yeah, we're not That's the good news. Yay. Thank With God for that. 10 no, hours of us, like, straight, that's got to... 10 hours of your voice, I mean, come 10 on. 10 hours of the Cole saga. That's got to... What, what does this do to your brain? <laughs> 10 hours. I mean, the bulk and skull music, the... Oh, I didn't think... Oh, my God. Yeah. No. I, uh... Oh, I think... Oh, I think we... Magic. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, you have to listen to that for the majority of those, because that's the ending theme for... But, you know, uh, this next... This is our last... We, we've, done all, we've done three, right? Okay. Fourth voicemail is from some dude. Hello, this is JR at Acker Bellevue. Just want to let you know we will have your car ready no later than 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Everything is going well. Any questions, feel free to call. We'll be here until 6.45. Otherwise, we're open at 7 a.m. So we'll see you anytime after 9. Thank you. Oh, cool. It's ready. We'll pick it up right now. Uh, no. Is that is that your, for your vehicle, Bertani, or is it for mine? I don't know. Whose car's in the shop? Well, it's my the Clone Saga Mobile. <laughs> it's the Spider Mobile. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's the Clone Saga Buggy. It Which, here's a fun Clone Saga fact. The very first Clone Saga began with the Spider Mobile going to the bottom of the ocean. There you go. In the Clone Genesis trade paperback, in fact, uh, they rearranged like a, a scene from, I think, issue 147 with the Jackal. And they put that in the front, but then they break into like issue. I believe it's issue 141 or 142 where the Spider-Mobile sinks to the bottom of the ocean, because that kind because that kind of kicks off the, uh, the the Clone Saga and the end of Gary Conway's run. Jer- uh-huh. And the end of Jerry Conway's run. Is it pronounced Jerry or Gary? I've never been clear on that. Jerry. I think, Jerry. I think it's Jerry, but they, I, I have seen guys say Gary before. Whatever. Well, I love him anyway. He's going to be doing an interview soon. Isn't that right, Brandon? Yeah, yeah, I'm interviewing him for my site soon. Pimp your site, dude. Okay, comicbookboards.org. Go there, it's cool. You can find the link at spideydude.com. Yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. G.I. Joe. Like there's, there's, hero. there's also a link to my... Give me an art... Oh, wait a minute. You can, uh, Gerard, you have administrative <laughs> duties on, on Spidey.com. If you want to add your DeviantArt page, you can add your DeviantArt page. Also, for a good time, call... Oh, wait, that's not the form for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for the uh, wonderful voicemail <laughs> for the car, because I'm glad somebody's car is fixed. Um, <laughs> I wonder if the person that they actually were trying to reach, uh, you know... Actually, guy. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> but I was—I'm wondering if he ever found out that his car was fixed, or if he had to, like call the people. And... He's like still waiting. <laughs> He's like, dude, we called you. He's like, you are a liar. I never received a call. I'm suing. Or maybe, maybe he's a guy trying saga. to reach him and saying you're an <laughs> for not contacting me about the car. <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 we're piecing together plot threads. But that voicemail yeah. number is 206-339-5570. That's 206-339-5570. If you want to leave us a voicemail, we'll play it on the show. Okay, and we've also Order got now and get a free Snuggie. English, please. Yeah, please, please, please do it in English. That's, that's <laughs> All right. No pig laugh. Uh, 
No pig lead. <laughs> okay, we've got three iTunes reviews that uh, oh, cool. we have. Sweet. We've got all five-star reviews, so we really do appreciate this. Let's go from uh, from March 24th of 2010 by the Extreme Spider. He says, I can only describe this in two words, wickedly awesome. Well, there you go. Thank you, sir. Uh, we do appreciate your uh, contribution. And, uh, of course, you can leave us a review on iTunes. It's really simple. Type in Clone Saga Chronicles. Type, hit the write a review button. Or you know, click the write a review button. Don't hit it, because you, if you hit your screen, you might bust it out. Um, <laughs> God of Thunder and War left us a uh, five-star review. He says, this is awesome. This is on March 30th of 2010. I really like this podcast. The people are funny and entertaining. I really enjoy this podcast, not just because of the people, but of the questions and topics that they bring up, and I hope it keeps being as good as it is. I wish it would just come out sooner. Sorry. It's all Bertoni's fault. We'll blame him. Um, You have quite possibly the greatest screen name ever. Yeah. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Uh, That was awkward. Well, uh, Boober Boober 99, or Boober 9, I think is how you say it. Boober 9. April 10th of of 2010. He says this is, he gave us a five-star review. He says it's really enjoyable. This is a fun podcast. The members of the panel seem to really enjoy and know the subject. I like that somebody's reviewing the stories that brought me back to Spider-Man and for the first time ever made me a true collector. Keep up the great work. We sure will try, Boober. But that's the that's the rest of our iTunes reviews. Leave us a iTunes review over at uh, on your iTunes. And uh, if you're listening to us, oh oh, one more thing, I, I almost forgot. We do have an email that we got on clonesagachronicles at gmail dot com. That's clonesagachronicles, all one word, at gmail dot com. And hey guys, just calling to thank you for. Um making your Clone Saga Chronicles podcast. I've enjoyed every episode and downloaded all of them. I have no familiarity with the um, original Clone Saga saga, but I am reading the current one and loving it. So keep up the good work. My name is Joe Bolin and I live in San Jose, California. Thank you, Joe. I, uh, we've been we obviously we enjoyed the uh, the mini series immensely. It was a lot of fun and uh, we do recommend that you pick up the first trade of the Clone Saga. Uh, epic book number one, and you can start catching up that way because it's uh, it's full of awesomeness and goodness. At least this one is um, DVD commentary, man. That's what we are. Yeah, we are the DVD style commentary for the Clone Saga. So, okay, after all the voicemails, all the emails, everything like that, we've gotten caught up on that, and now it's time to review two anniversary issues and a two part story called Crossfire. Uh, we have two holographic covers. This is the... Uh, yeah. We've made oh. jokes and references to the uh, hollow discs, and this is the month that they came. Issue uh, number 125 of Web and 225 of Spectacular featured those, and of course we have uh, Crossfire Part 1 and ASM 402 and oh. Spider-Man number 57? 59. 59. I'm two issues behind. 59. 59. Uh, All right, Bertone, give us the rundown. Well, I want to make a minor note on both Web and Spider-Man and and, uh, Spectacular. Uh, They do have backup stories that we'll review as well. 
Okay. Yeah, well, we won't go into as much detail on those. Um, yeah. Because, all right, so it's been a while. So in case you guys need to know where all the players and pawns, yuck, 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 are, uh, Ben Riley's in jail for a murder that Peter committed, but not really because someone else committed it. Ben Riley's pretending to be Peter. He's in jail. Peter's out of jail, and he's wearing the Scarlet Spider costume. It's really weird to call him Spider-Man when he's in the Scarlet Spider costume, and it's really weird to call him Peter when he's in costume. So I'm going to call him Scarlet Parker for the majority of this. Everyone cool with that? Yeah. Mary Jane's wondering, um, I wish I could do the voice like uh, like Claire from uh, Lost. So I, what's wrong with her? Something's wrong with my baby. Does anyone watch Lost? That one guy. <laughs> yeah, Something's wrong good. with my baby. What's wrong? So Mary Jane's wondering what's wrong. We don't care about Lost. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Lost I just, book. I just, I just alienated half our listeners. That's okay. It's like the Clone Saga. It's, you know, it's confusing and you never get the answers that you want. So all that's going on. So right now, Scarlet Parker, he's in the morgue of the Daily Bugle, which, by the way, that, that's some morgue. It's like, it looks Wait, like the one Daily of... the Daily Bugle has a morgue? Yeah. No, it's it's an expression. We're not talking about an actual morgue with dead bodies. Yeah, a morgue oh, in a newspaper speak is where they store all their back material and stuff. Except it oh. looks like a laboratory. So he's like, he's searching for... You never heard that before? So, what did you guys think at the beginning of the first page where it says Daily Bugle Morgue? Well, now you I know. I know. I know. I know. G.I. Joe. Oh, I hope I'm going to The Daily Bugle Morgue, where Spidey's marriage is. <laughs> oh, nice one. Nice one. I that, one's, that one's staying in. Really yes. <laughs> that was good. Okay. Wow. So Scarlet Parker's in the Daily Bugle Morgue, which looks like an advanced Warren laboratory, the way that the computers are set up. And he's deciding maybe he'll get buzz, you know, some answers behind this mess if he cross-references a search for the Jackal, Professor Warren, and Ben Riley. And he pulls up some newspaper articles about a teacher in a small town eloping with his girlfriend. When a shadowy figure comes into, because, you know, that's just what we need in the Clone Saga. It just points like, hey, you know what we need? Another shadowy figure. So this, other, so this other shadowy figure comes in looking for his uncle. And he notices that the window's open because Scarlet Peter's like, okay, uh, I don't need any part of this stuff, so I'm out of here. I'm going to check up on that lead about the Professor Warren lookalike who eloped with that Gwen Stacy lookalike in that small town. Meanwhile, we cut to Ben Riley in jail, and really nothing happens. It's just him kind of recapping everything that's going on in case this is your first Spider-Man book. He's like, wow, I can't believe I took the rap for Peter and I'm in jail now, and that Mary Jane's being stalked by Kane, and that there's all this stuff going on. Well, that pretty much sums it up. Scarlet Peter hitches a ride to a small town in New Jersey. He gets past the security system of this suburbia house, which is really advanced for suburbia house, and you wonder why the neighbors don't notice. And inside the garage of the house that he sneaks into, <laughs> there's this really advanced laboratory. Like, if you look at that panel, there's like nine computer screens or something. Science! <laughs> I know, it's like, what the heck? So he's sneaking around, he's looking at a wedding picture, when all of a sudden his spider sense goes off, he turns around, and he's face-to-face with uh, Gwen Stacy, wearing a nightshirt, and she's holding a broom, and she looks like she wants to smack a spider. So this is funny, Peter's thinking, oh, okay, I got this. He takes off his mask, and he's like, this is a woman who would never, ever harm Peter Parker. Well, guess not, because she swings the broom anyway. (laughs) And then Warren comes up behind uh, Scarlet Peter and tasers him. 
And Gwen's like, it's him, Warren. It's really him. The face of my nightmares. And Warren, by the way, uh, when I say Warren, that's this guy's first name. This is Warren Miles instead of Miles Warren. Because when you want to create an alternate identity, you flip your name. I didn't notice that. <laughs> that no one will ever guess. Yeah, that, 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 that's really clever. <laughs> when, especially when you look ex- – he's not even disguised at all. He looks just like Miles Warren. The guy who just got like now, granted, people didn't know that Miles Warren was the Jackal for a while because Peter Parker burned the Jackal stuff at the end of the first Clone Saga. But when he got arrested a few issues ago, this Clone Saga, you have Ashley Kafka calling him Professor Warren. So this guy is basically a known killer, and your your cover is to look just like him, and to make his first name your last name and his last name your first name. Well, let's be fair. This is the Marvel Universe, and the inhabitants are not exactly known for their intelligence. Especially well, someone who's supposed to have the brain of a, a physics uh, professor who... Warren <laughs> 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 Miles. That's the best he can do. Well, why don't, why, why don't we get to something a little less heavy? Uh, girl talk. When we last left Mary Jane, she went to Felicia because she needed someone to talk to about all this Peter stuff. So there, Felicia's basically talking to Mary Jane. Mary Jane's filled her up to speed about the baby and everything. And she's like, you know what? I can talk to you all you want, but you really need your husband right now. So she's like, I'm going to go find him. So the black cat swings off and says, the black cat always gets her man. So the black cat's going to look for Peter to bring him back to Mary Jane. Uh, but we don't see the black cat for the rest of the month. So... They kind of forgot about that. She's like, oh, fine, Peter, for you, Mary Jane. And then we don't see Felicia for another few months. So well. It's like this was an unlimited issue, and they were going to do more with Felicia, but then they decided not to make it an unlimited issue, and they just cut it down. (laughs) Peter wakes up, and Warren and Gwen are both gone, and he's wondering how that can be really Gwen when she's dead, and how that can be really Warren when he just faced him as the jackal in his jackal form. He's like, so who are these guys? Because apparently Peter's forgetting that he's dealing with a bunch of clones. Gwen and Warren are driving away, and she's like, do I, I don't want to leave again. I don't want to keep on changing our names. And it's like, wow, they really don't change their names too well. But he's like, I'm protecting my family, Gwen. But everything we built for ourselves, he's like, hey, we'll start over again. You get the feeling that they've done this a lot. And we get a flashback to... Professor Warren, the actual Professor Warren, because the clone has his memories, Professor Warren's family. And it's very interesting because in the original Clone Saga by uh, Gary Conway, Warren said that Gwen was like the daughter he never had. We saw don't no, say. Yeah, so we saw no hint of a daughter or a wife. Well, here we find out that Warren had a wife and a daughter and two, another... Two children. Yeah. But uh, they got into a fight because he was cheating on her with science... Like, there's there's this panel. She's like, those ter- <laughs> you can, like, just, like, you don't see what she's saying, but you can imagine her saying, what's more important, those test tubes or, or me? Don't she's like, shut up, woman, leave me to my science. <laughs> don't you dare make me decide. So she drives <laughs> off with, she drives off with the kid, <laughs> and then Warren gets a call that uh, there's been a car crash, and they're dead. So he forgot all about them. And his passion was never reawakened until he saw Gwen Stacy for the first time at Empire State University. By the way, that car crash, there's going to be a retcon involving it in a few months. And let me just tell you, it's a very ridiculous retcon. I cannot wait. In the Clone Saga? No way. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. You know what? Yeah, just... I'll let let you guys put in a guess right now about... 
His wife and daughter were clones. <laughs> no, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. I yes. don't, but I don't, I don't want to know because I want, I want to be surprised. All right, fast forward. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna tell, but like fast forward the podcast thirty seconds if you don't want to know. But uh, uh, we, we, we won't, we won't say the retcon yet. We'll explain. <laughs> I'll just tell you, it's really ridiculous. It's, it's <laughs> I can't wait. It's really ridiculous. It's like, <laughs> it's like fan fiction. Oh my god! So Peter is looking around the house and he's seen pictures of. Uh, it's really weird because Warren has pictures of his first family up. And then he has pictures of um, himself and Gwen up, like they're fishing and like they've had this whole little happy life together. And then he's like, oh, clones, clones with lives, real lives, more clones with real lives. So he remembered that they're clones. We get some exposition from Gwen about her past. And this is really interesting because she talks about the period after her father died and how Professor Warren was a friend to her when she needed one the most because at the time after her father. I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. At the time after her father died, she didn't feel close to anyone, not even Peter. There was a distance between them, which, by the way, if you read those issues of Amazing, kind of fits. So she slept with Norman Osborn. Well, uh, we're not talking. Yeah, she's like, and this is weird. She's like, you recognize my vulnerability then, Warren, even shared it without ever trying to take advantage of it. You have to to know how important that made me feel. And I'm like, whoa. She's some old. And then she reveals that she's basically that first Gwen Stacy clone from the first clone saga because she says, a super being named Dreamweaver deluded me into thinking I was a woman named Joyce Delaney. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Why? I'm going to have to – I know that I've stopped this recap a lot. I'm going to have to stop it again to give some people some backstory. I explained this in the Clone Genesis episode. Here's the deal, and here's the story of the Gwen Stacy clone and how convoluted it was. In the 80s, Gary Conway tried to retcon the first clone saga by saying that Warren never cloned people. He just genetically mutated regular people. And that the, and that Ben Riley was actually some lab assistant named Anthony Sebra. And that Gwen Stacy was actually an ESU student named Joyce Delaney. I'm, so, about, to, I'm about to leave this show because it's so weird. <laughs> which. People, when this clone saga started, they were like, well, wait a second. What about all that stuff from the High Evolutionary's journal about how Warren never cloned anyone? We'll get to that. uh, We'll get to that in a few months. Oh, God, yeah. It gets a little confusing. uh, People are complaining now about questions that aren't being answered. The clone saga, I mean, they, they, they were not addressing this. I mean, Gwen's addressing it now. I mean, she doesn't address the journals, but she's like, well, I was brainwashing them thinking that I was this other woman. Because at the end of the story, Gwen tra- the Gwen clone transforms into that woman. You know, uh, that was actually one of the people. The one of the people that kept bringing it up was Glenn Greenberg, the uh, co-writer of Life of Riley. He's like, we need to really kind of address this if we're going to bring back, you know, the yeah. squid clone. And <laughs> yeah, we'll address it. No, and the story was only a few years old at the time. Eventually, <laughs> it was like five years old or something. Yeah, because a very a very young uh, Mark Bagley did the artwork for it. <laughs> yeah, Gwen Clone has the Gwen Clone has a very convoluted story, and that's one reason why people are afraid to. Your talk. silence says it all. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, um, okay. Scarlet Peter finds some notes in uh, in the empty house, and he and it's apparently he from these notes he's able to conclude that this is the original Gwen Clone who thought that she was Joyce Delaney, and that her husband Warren Miles was looking for a cure for clone degeneration. Luckily, he's able to catch up with them because before uh, 
he got his butt tasered, he put a tracer on their car, anticipating that they might try and get away. So he starts to go after them, and little does Spider-Man know that he's being watched by a shadowy figure who's licking his lips. (laughs) A new Green Goblin. Yeah. (laughs) New Green Goblin. (laughs) New Green Goblin. When there's a Gwen, there's a goblin. Did you say new or nude? It sounded like you said nude green goblin. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We got a green goblin here. We got a Gwen Stacy. I wonder what's going to happen next. Gwen Stacy times goblin equals uh, bridge mania. Oh, they they wouldn't do that. Everyone would see it coming. Well... What Warren does see coming in his rearview mirror is Spider-Man <laughs> tailing the car, which causes him to do some reckless driving to try and get away from Spider-Man. And he, it's pretty reckless. He goes through a toll, and, they, and Gwen screams, Stop the car, Warren! The toll gate's closed! Stop the car! We started down this road long before you realize, Gwen. <laughs> Nothing stops us now. Uh, for the record, the toll that they go through is for the George Washington Bridge. So, George Washington Bridge plus Green Goblin plus a Gwen Stacy look-alike. Hmm. So they crash, in, end well. they crash into the side of the bridge, and the car's about to go over the edge. And Warren's trying to reach for the glove compartment, because let's say the guy's packing heat, as we're going to see in a few pages. When Gwen is snatched from the window by the Green Goblin... As Warren calls out, Gwen! He takes her to the top of the bridge, and I'm gonna, I have some issues with this later. He drops her, and he says, your husband's next, girl. Scarlet Peter sees this, and he's like, the Green Goblin? While Warren, instead of stepping onto the side of the bridge, he's on the edge of the car, the edge of the car, of the car's hood, that's tilted, about to fall into the water, shooting up at the Green Goblin. And the Green Goblin even realizes that Warren's being an idiot and says, what kind of a fool? And I guess that this can be considered domestic abuse because one of those bullets almost hits Gwen, causing her to Here we go. take a step back and fall off the bridge? <laughs> <laughs> what do you yeah, mean, like yeah, she yeah, always does? You get so much prejudice at this point now. You, you can see, like, uh, there's a full... No, it's not a... There's a panel of uh, Scarlet Peter, and his web eyes are, like, really, really big. <laughs> you could just tell he's like, ah, oh, this again. He's like, he's like, just like last time, just imagine, do die. Just imagine the Gwen clone. She's looking for a place to live. She's like, nowhere with bridges. Just don't go near the bridge. She's like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to end up there anyway. It always happens. So luckily, Peter's been rehearsing this moment in his mind many, many times, and he knows not to just web her and break her neck. Instead, he swings and catches her and does kind of a, what what would, what would you call it? Like a the letter U motion to use the momentum to pick Pendu- themselves back pendulum. up. Yeah, uses uses a pendulum motion so that way she doesn't stop suddenly. Yeah. Let, me read, let me read the panels. <sighs> Unless... He knows what not to do this time. He knows not to wait. Not to try and snag her fragile figure from above. Not to stop her rushing descent as much as slow it and use it to come full circle. And then, so Peter and Gwen kind of have a silent moment, like Gwen, Peter, and then Gwen's, like, screaming, do something, my husband, who's still shooting like a madman, screaming, get away from her, 
as the car falls bang, off bang. the bridge. <laughs> he dives into the water, and I gotta say, I'm getting flashbacks to like, no, where did he go? <laughs> well, he brings up the carcass of Warren Miles, who's now clone degenerated. For no reason. Yeah. He brings up the corpse, and he realizes that not only is Gwen gone, but the new goblin's gone. After he's brought up the corpse of Warren Miles up, he realizes that the new green goblin is gone, and that Gwen is gone. And then he's like, no, not Gwen, the first clone of Gwen, if I'm to believe Miles' notes. The new green goblin goes into some Manhattan loft, and he takes off his mask and he's in the shadows, and it turns out that he was that shadowy figure in the Daily Bugle morgue. And he followed Scarlet Peter because he wanted to know what was going on. And he's thinking, well, I guess that didn't turn out as well as I wanted it to be. I have a lot to learn about power and responsibility. (laughs) The Gwen clone is looking at some water somewhere. And she doesn't seem too bummed out that her husband died, actually. She's more bummed out about the fact that she's a clone, which is something that she's known for years. But the woman, known as Gwen Stacy Miles, stares at herself seeing all the pieces for the very first time, and the picture is finally complete. She is not Gwen Stacy, nor is she Joyce Delaney. She is a clone, and the truth hurts. Hey, you know what else hurts? Your husband just died. Wouldn't that be a more depressing thing? Oh, but it's not over yet. Oh, God, it's not over yet, because we got a backup. So, (laughs) because you demanded it, the story of how (laughs) the Gwen Stacy clone fell in love with the Miles Warren clone... She's in uh, some cabin in upstate New York, and they actually mention Gwen's mother in the captions, which is something that's rarely done. Apparently, the delusion that she was Joyce Delaney, uh, that illusion faded because she saw a copy of the Webb's book by Peter Parker. How she got this cabin? Oh, but she's in this cabin, and the book's there. Like, did somebody leave the book there for her? Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, yeah, maybe, like, Warren left the book there for her to kind of, like, sabotage things. Or did, like, she get the book and then, like, just now, like, realize it? I don't know. So then Warren, the, or, okay, so then the Miles Warren clone, who's called Warren Miles, comes in looking for Gwen and sees her passed out, and he nurses her back to health, and she wakes up. Now, keep in mind, her memories of, the Gwen clone's memories of Miles Warren are as the jackal as some guy who tied Ned Leeds to a bomb and tried to get Spider-Man to kill his clone, and who was obsessed with her. But she sees him, and she's like, Warren, you came after me? Doesn't seem at all... Yeah, doesn't seem at all freaked out. You can actually read that panel kind of wrong, but just go ahead. Warren, you can't... Yeah, especially with the look on her face. (laughs) She's the... (laughs) God... So he's nursing her back to help, and he's feeding her like she's three years old. He's, like, putting the spoon in her mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Not creepy at all. So they begin a courtship, and he proposes to her, and they get married. But wait, there's a twist as they walk away. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) The preacher, the organist, and the wedding photographer all melt because they were clones. Uh, 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 yeah. That, that was, <laughs> what a mess. Oh, God. What a mess they left all over that church. I know. Like, who's going to clean that up? Is, like, the priest going to be, is going to, like, walk in, he's going to be like, what is this? What is this all over my phone? Obviously, it's going to be cleaned up by a clone janitor but or some kind. Not only is the priest melted, but the, uh... <laughs> But the Bible in his hand is melted, too. So, <laughs> it's wow, like, that's not blasphemous at all. It's a cloned Bible. 
What the point? It's a Canaan Spider-Man costume. How does, how does one clone the Bible? I don't know. But the Bible's woman figured out how to do it. But the uh, but the photographer, he's still holding on to his camera, even though he's melted. Like, realistically, he would have dropped that thing as he was melting, but he's still clutching on to it. Oh, he's he's very dedicated to his job, that's why. Okay. So this was a mess. Brandon, why don't you talk about what a mess this was? Okay. Um. So I set this up this time as the good and the bad for my review, and I'm not going to talk about the story because the story sucked. <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going I'm to give some stuff. So the good is the art is really nice, and there's a hollow discs, and I like hollow discs. They're very cool. <laughs> Oh no! By the way, to describe to the readers that are not don't have this book in front of them, the uh, the hollow disc. Oh, or what's on the cover? Uh, the hollow disc. The way to you, you have the hollow disc on the cover, and yep. the way to look at this, they actually were supposed to be selling pin lights, little pin lights to, that you were supposed to be able to get with the book, in like little bagged sets, and uh, they'd never sent the pin lights. So, <laughs> oh, that's not fair. Yeah, I, I, ha- I have this book, and I bought it because there was a hollow disc on it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the yeah, best yeah. way to view the hollow disc is if you have to have a, like a light source directly above it, and then you have to turn it like you have to turn your book like three uh, with a three full three sixty to get the whole thing. Yeah, that's so cool. It's, it really is cool. Oh, oh, also, what else is good about this issue is hot, uh, hot Gwen with broom and yeah. Yeah, that, oh, yeah, that was that, uh, that, that was that was good. Nothing sexier than a woman wearing a um, a man shirt. Oh, and it's coming off too, so it's kind of good. A man that oh. used to be her science teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and then that that brings me to my next point. The bad. There's a rapist-looking Warren Miles. Panel <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Where he's holding? Are you talking about when he's holding the taser? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, with the, wait, why is he wearing sun? Why is he wearing like sunglasses too? That's what I didn't understand. Like at night, he's a boss. Also, uh, I forget who wrote this issue, but like, like yeah, when I read Terry Cavanaugh, his last okay. issue. Okay, well, um, clones with lives, clones with wives, like, uh, or uh, was it just clones with lives and clones with lives, or clones with wives? Because I thought he was going on like a Doctor Seuss thing. <laughs> <laughs> It was lives all three times. Okay. Well, my my way sounds better, but whatever. <laughs> Clones. Um, also, uh, the new goblin with the munchies. That was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, also, um, I, I, don't, I thought, like, judging from the pictures, uh, Warren Miles seems like a happy guy with a good family. <laughs> Sorry. With a good family. But he pulls out a Beretta and starts shooting at the freaking goblin off a car. That, that's kind of weird. He was always prepared. I, I see that. Um, As we said. <laughs> also, yeah, except, uh, you know, a physics professor who should know things about, you know, weight and mass and stuff couldn't figure out that if you stand on the hood of a car that's tipping over a bridge, you're probably going to fall. Nah, he generation affects your brain, man. Don't you know anything about science? <laughs> to, to finish, I think Gwen should take some yoga and learn to balance better. And I'm not talking about the backup because it was all melty and clonish. <laughs> Jura, and, what's uh, your thoughts? Oh, I'm what, sorry. What's your... Oh, and, uh, and I'm giving it an F. 
You're giving it an F. F? Wow. Yeah, I'm giving it an F. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Fail. Okay. <laughs> I'm cracking up. <laughs> okay. Story is so fail, the artwork doesn't even save it. Okay, Gerard, what are your thoughts? Oh, I think this is awful. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, first, I mean, there's so much dumb <laughs> I mean, just, I have a... I, Alright, this is my actual note. It says pros. The last Terry Cavanaugh issue. And the rest <laughs> of- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, You're in the prison cell, right? There's like freaking like furniture in there. Did you notice that? Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like a little like dresser. And he's got yeah, like a little drink- The other thing that bothered me was the dude is drinking beer in prison. I didn't know they served alcohol in prison. Why not? <laughs> it looks like summer camp. There's like a guy playing jazz. They're trading cigarettes. He's got a news magazine. I mean, Peter's got like magazines by his bed and an alarm cough. There's a photo, a dresser. I know. What the hell? Uh, that, all right. And then he goes into their house, which is apparently imbued with science or something. And then he imbued <laughs> <laughs> with this, science. <laughs> this, this drove me nuts. Right. This really drove me nuts. He picks up the photo of uh, of. Miles or Warren Miles and Gwen, and he has his thumb over Gwen's face. He's like, hmm. And she comes up. <laughs> I'm like, take your thumb off. <laughs> and then of course, so he, so of course he doesn't see it. So he's surprised when he turns around. Oh god! Then he's like, so can I even though the yeah. Daily Bugle morgue said like teacher elopes, <laughs> and it had her picture. Someone he didn't actually he's... read the article. <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> anyway, Sorry. Joyce Delaney well, showing... and Warren Miles. <laughs> well, when they're showing flashback, it explains how his wife left him because you know he was married to science or whatever. And and then uh, uh, he's looking, he's like leering at Gwen in that one panel where he's like, uh, "Oh, that, that's from isn't that from like the original Clone Saga? I remember, I remember, I remember yep. seeing that panel before. Yeah, yeah, but yep. damn, that's creepy. <laughs> he's like got his glasses in his mouth, like. It was also replayed in the in the uh, final issue of Untold Tales of Spider Man. Like you actually see the scene play out where he's talking to um, I could be wrong, but he's talking to Mister Warren, who was Peter's high school teacher, and like they're in the middle of a conversation, and he just like stops because he sees like one in the hallway. He's like, "Hello, Hello what have we here?" here? No. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Then, then then there's like this stupid like editor's note that refers to the backup story, even though we haven't read it yet. <laughs> like, that? That, that, that's Danny Fingeroff's fault. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right, but then but then we get to that bridge, okay? And bridge. I got. I have to. I have to pull out some New York chauvinism because this always bothers me. Okay. Okay. It's supposed to be the George Washington Bridge, but the artist always draws the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> that, is, that is the Brooklyn Bridge. That is not the the George Washington Bridge connects Northern Manhattan to New Jersey, or I'm sorry, upstate New York, and the Brooklyn Bridge connects Brooklyn to Manhattan. They are nowhere near each other. They're like complete opposite ends of the island. How do people get this confused all the time? Yeah, the comic artist he's calling you out. Okay, yeah, well, let now let's, let's assume the Brooklyn Bridge, right? Because they drew it that way. The Brooklyn Bridge doesn't have toll booths. Where are they referencing any of this from? And then they called it the George Washington Bridge like three times. Oh, 
Oh, it was a homage oh. to the original night when Stacy died. Come on. Well, that was, I said, it was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I know, but shh. <laughs> I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help Terry out. Uh, you don't yeah, need and to. The, and at the end, you know, you know, fucks off. And, I mean, thank goodness in future issues we're going to actually get some closure to that story, right? I mean, the number of... <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> oh, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> That's like the last time we ever see her, right? No, I we think. see her we we see her during maximum clonage. Yeah, that's uh, and, then, and then we never see her again. We do okay. get some clarifications on her origin in, in Scarlet Spider Unlimited issue, uh, issue 1. Oh. Which which is a which is a very special issue. I cannot wait to review. Oh god. Oh. And the, so this is just this is just F a word that I can't say on the podcast because it's, it's oh, you can gonna, say it. It's just going to get beat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not even going to comment on the the, the backup story because that was just a confusing mess of <laughs> and I, no, literally on the last page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Speaking of Don, what are you? What are your thoughts on this one? <laughs> this, this thing makes me laugh. You know, I'm surprised that I'm looking at my notes and I, I'm going to say right now, I, I I gave it a C. But there's no way I'm giving it a C now after hearing Brandon and uh, Gerard totally, like, go behind this thing and bend it over. And it is, it is <laughs> And hit it like it owes some money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that'll survive. But I'll mimic um, Brandon. For the positives, I love Stephen Butler's drawing Star Spider. I love the, I love the splash page uh, where you get the title. I thought that was really cool. Most yeah. pictures of, of sorry, or Scott Peter, I should say, like when he's on the train when he's swinging around suburbia. I, I really, I really think it's like really genuinely good artwork. I thought um, on the, on the flip side, the way he draws Gwen Stacy is, is I have a hard time saying it's bad because it's so nineties. She has these like you know these full potting lips and this like determined look and just like like the only way you can, you can differentiate her from any other woman is that she has that headband. Everything God, else headband. God. God. Yeah, seriously. It's part of her <laughs> DNA. When they clone her, like, the headband gets grown. <laughs> stupid headband. Uh, but I think I don't think the issue gets as stupid until you get, like, all this backstory where you get, like, uh, oh, Miles Warren's previous family. And he looks like Paul Levis in one picture. And, like, you know, he was... <laughs> and, you know, he swore she was Mr. Science, so he couldn't get control of his family. And, oh, no, his family dies, so now he's sad. And he's happy because... Donovan, it's, it's going to get worse when you find out why they died. It's just ridiculous. And I, I got to say something about, about uh, um, Miles Warren Wars, my whatever the guy's name is. I know, <laughs> okay. I know that, that he had a redesign in, um, back in like the original, I think after the lead, but when Remedio was on the book. But when he first came on, he did not, he did not look like he was so old and like haggard. And like, they did this in this particular Spider-Man cartoon. When he first came on, he had short black hair. He had, he had black hair. Like, yeah. now every single appearance is, like, changed. And that's just kind of annoying. And you know what I'm talking about, right, Josh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but- Gwen didn't look like that on the first day of college either. Because it, it was the first day of college or college orientation, depending on what version of the flashback that uh, yeah, she didn't change her hairstyle until, like, issue 50, I think. In Untold Tales, they had him look like the Ditko War, and then they had Gwen look like the Ditko Gwen when they uh, showed the when that scene took place. All right. And the bridge scene, 
another another British team. I know I know everybody likes to like this is going to I know everybody likes to over ASM 1.1.2. <laughs> but seriously, like do, do like the same issue we see again. We need a British team. Talk about. It's just... <laughs> oh, my God. No, no, no. This is, this is, what's funnier is that this is the second time in the Clone Saga, in the, in the same calendar year, that we have got the stupid-ass bridge scene. Okay. And it won't be the last, either, right? No. No, it will not. It's it like, not last. Gwen, wear parachutes under your trench coat for crying out loud. <laughs> you have a big trench coat. Just wear a parachute so, under it. It's just like uh, I mean I, I don't think the arts that bad. I just don't really care for the arts. I don't like I, Gwen looks weird in every panel. It's just this whole thing with Gwen and, and um, Warren. It's just so and th- especially now that you know about her you know dalliance with Norman Osborn. It just it's, it's just so skeevy and just painted. I'm not gonna. I really want to give it an F, but I, I'm, I'm leaning towards maybe a D to a D minus because this this was like a, a hot mess. Okay. It was really fun. We'll, we'll say we'll say D minus just. Um, <laughs> Jason, what are your thoughts? Oh, uh, it's kind of hard to add on that, Ryan. I mean, after you know, I don't know where else I can go. Um, <laughs> there's going to be yeah. so much bleeps that it's going to be hard to, <laughs> that it's going to be hard to tell. <laughs> Um, if if you could use fail as a grade, that would be this. I mean, <laughs> it's a pass. Well, well, that's what F stands for is fail. <laughs> yeah, this, this wet hot mess. Wet hot stinky mess that you know you you strain for days and days trying to get out of your system. I mean, this is just awful. If can I give this an F minus? And I, I'd love to say that you know <laughs> you know thank no, God. No, we, we have to save F minus for later. I'd like to say I know, I would love to say that you know the Clone Saga can't possibly get worse from here, but it does. This is the first issue of the month. <laughs> somehow this is this is like the beginning of the Clone Saga going off the rail, and somehow it manages to get worse from here. So so I, I'm with Gerard Gerard on here. This is an F, and the only positive thing about this issue is that it's Terry Cavanaugh's last. The art was good. Yeah, the artwork is really good at the real consistent and. Uh... I like okay. it. So, uh, art, go to, go to Bertoni. Story is so awful that it doesn't help. <laughs> this is actually, this is actually one of my favorite Clone Saga stories. <laughs> but, but in re, but in rereading it, in rereading it, I, I, I start to question that. In fact, uh, I'm not gonna name any names, but when another podcast did a big look back at the Clone Saga and they skipped going over this issue, I was very disappointed. It's just, I've always been a big fan of the Gwen Stacy clone. I think that it's, I think that that's kind of, that that was always a wasted character opportunity. That there was a version of Gwen that was living on and going on her own path, and I think that she's a good character to bring back every ten years or so for a one-off story, but not to overuse and throw off a bridge every single time. Well, and she's very different from the original Gwen in that this clone Gwen is attracted to older psychotic men. Oh, wait a minute. Ugh. Well, that's, that's the thing. Wrong. If you go by the Ben Riley theory that you know Ben is basically Peter. Then this Gwen Stacy clone is basically Gwen, so it says a lot about her character when she says things like, "I never really felt that close to Peter," and when she sees Peter, and her reaction is to hit him with a broom, because I've actually always maintained that uh, I really don't think that in the long run Peter and Gwen were going to work out, and that they were each other's true loves. Uh, that's oh, no. I'm I, that's probably going to get some Spider fans mad at me. Um, Joke's on it. Excuse me. Well, I was going to say Mark Wade, but you know. 
I, I think that there was lots of things, and in fact, I tried to justify the relationship between Gwen and the Miles Warren clone when I first did the Gwen articles uh, that are now on Crawl Space, when I first did them on LiveJournal, which um, I need to reprint those on Crawl Space, but the problem now is I'm trying to get it resolved. The original articles have since been lost because there was a database error. It's a long story, but I'm working on getting those back, and you'll be able to read my in-depth bending over backwards explanation for how this made sense. Which it kind of does, because you know what? The Gwen clone, really, if you look at her life and everything that she went through after being a clone and all that, Warren really was the only one that she can turn to, so it does kind of make sense that she would hook up with him, even if it is... Well, even if it is... (laughs) I mean, because it's not like he, he he was her professor, or his original host was the professor of her original host but still she has the memories of with the most she has the memories of being in his classes and he has the memories of teaching her classes i I like that they brought the gwen clone back i like i'm i think it's kind of interesting that they had her marry warren when i first read this reading it now it's wtf by the way her the last page of the story, before we get to the backup, when they say Gwen Stacy Miles, they spell Stacy S-T-A-C-Y. Then two panels later, they spell Stacy S-T-A-C-E-Y. Sometimes different issues will spell it a different way, but within the same page, two panels apart, get me an editor right now. That probably was that was a lettering editor error, and that was probably done at the 11th hour. So by the time it got, it got it probably it probably got by the time it got the brand, it probably wasn't able to do it. Okay. Well, spoiler alert for something that we're going to discuss later in the episode. But this new Green Goblin's a hero, and this is what I hate about these misunderstandings. How about saying, "Oh no, you guys are going to fall here. Let me save you by putting you over here," instead of just grabbing her, flying away with her, and saying, Laughing. "Your husband's next, girl." Of course, people are going to get the wrong idea, you idiot. I mean, I mean, I have the same note about the prison that Gerard did, which is, my gosh, he's got a drip. What the heck? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and the the captions here with the narration captions, it's like clones, clones with lives, real lives, clones that have real lives, real lives, <laughs> real clones, dreams the do real die, clones, dreams die, but dreams don't have to die, but sometimes. Dreads die. <laughs> the best way of describing the writing in this issue was Terry Gavinoff was on an LSD trip. Oh, God. Or they just sucks. Um, I, I do enjoy the whole uh, Peter Parker being like, oh, it's okay, I got this. Flynn would never harm Peter Parker, so he takes his mask off. Uh, a lot of people don't remember this, but the Gwen Stacy clone actually knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. She found out in the 80s. And yeah, okay. for those people who think that Peter and, Ma- and Gwen were meant to be, her first reaction when she found out that Peter was Spider-Man was to run away screaming, saying, you're the man who killed my father. So hardly what you'd say to somebody who was destined to be your husband. Just <laughs> Okay, anyway, what's your grade for Tony? Uh, I'm going to still say a C, just because I like, I kind of like what they did with the Gwen clone and... It's some pretty good art. And I like, you know, the whole buddy-buddy stuff with Felicia and Mary Jane, even though it was a setup for nothing, because we never see Felicia again. And she's wasting a perfectly good trench coat. She jumps off of the building, and she's taking off her trench coat. As she's jumping off, it's like, what? 
Are you are you gonna get? It's gonna fall into the streets. It's you know. I know hey, you. She's she's helping the homeless because that's the that's one of the stories we must do you now. Oh God! Because the Clone Saga's obsession with homelessness. <laughs> anyway, all right. Finally, feed off your change. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, because we're not going to reference the homeless again in this episode, right? It is that wrong? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Web of Spider-Man number one twenty-five. The uh, great thing about this issue was uh, the artwork. The uh, not so great thing about this issue was the shitty writing. Um, <laughs> the dialogue throughout this issue is just laughable. Um, you know, Terry Kavanaugh was a really hit-or-miss guy. He was also known as the guy that wrote Who is Facade, so that should have been a, pretty much an indication. He seems to me more of an idea guy and not a good writer. He, he seems like a good plotter, but not a good um, scripter. Mm. Uh, you know, but this... <laughs> okay, so we have a new Green Goblin. We have a Gwen Stacy clone. We have... Uh, Warren Miles that disintegrates it, that his clone generation kicks in um, right as he hits the water, which makes absolutely no sense. Um, it's like, did he avoid showering? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that didn't make any sense. The uh, the Green Goblin was it was a needless guest appearance. It made a lot more sense in the spectacular issue. It was kind of like a. It was just kind. This just kind of was like one big giant tease. And so, yeah, like I say, I like the MJ part, but you know, didn't go anywhere. It's two so pages. I, two pages of goodness. <laughs> the back of the story was so made of fail. Fail can't even describe it. Um, <laughs> so, like I say, this is going to get a big old fat stinking D. It, it F. F minus for the uh, writing, uh, an A for the artwork. So it's going to get, even though it should balance out to a C, it's still going to be a D. Bid fast, stinking D. So we got three Fs. Uh, yeah. A D minus and a C. A D, a D minus and a C. All right. So uh, moving on to Crossfire Part One and Part Two. I'm running Amazing Spider-Man number four hundred two, and Adjectiveless Spider-Man number fifty nine. Uh, art uh, written by Demetrius and Mackie, with artwork by Lyle and Bagley. Bertzoni. Yeah, this is, I could almost call this strange interlude, because it's an interlude that almost has nothing to do with the actual story. Or anything else. Oh, God. It's, it's, it's literally like a bad episode of this 90s series. <laughs> Why? Well, let's get into it. Starting with Amazing Spider-Man, Scarlet Peter shows up at Detective Raven's hotel to try and convince him that Peter's innocent, but Raven shows Scarlet Peter his scars and reveals that he's having doubts himself. So Scarlet Peter swings away, vowing to help him find the real killer. On a rooftop nearby, Scryer asks Judas Traveler why he's being such a jerk to Peter, which falls on deaf ears. Yeah, I summed that scene up in like one sentence. It actually went on long, and it's like, Traveler, if you respect this man so much, then why are you trying to break him? And then, oh, you don't understand, Scryer. We've walked the earth for thousands of years, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? <laughs> Demetrius cared. Yeah, literally, literally. I mean, uh, I think at this point, this was when uh, Greenberg actually started talking about how um, Jewish Traveler really wasn't very much of a Spider-Man villain. He was more of a cosmic guy that needed, that nobody knew what to do with except for Demetrius. And of course, he didn't let everybody else in on the on the uh, what was going on. So uh, that's why. Yeah. Anyway. 
Continue. Okay, continuing. Peter returns home, and Mary Jane is agitated that he left the house without telling her. And the pressure of the last few months uh, has her on edge, and she says that she needs him. Peter suspects that there's a little more bothering her than meets the eye, so she shows him uh, the papers that Seward, train- that Seward Trainer gave her about the possibility of the irradiated fetus. It's a good silent panel, and Mary Jane momentarily lashes out and blames Peter for giving her basically radioactive baby-making baby juice. <laughs> but they, they, which, would, which would, which would wow. kill her in another story, but we'll get to that later. Oh, God. Are uh, we? No. no. We are, <laughs> Spider-Man, yeah. No, we are not uh, doing... We are couple. not going over Spider-Man rain. No, I would, rather, I, would, I would rather go over every single Venom story. From like okay. his bad series, yes. Yeah. So Peter and Mary Mary Jane realizes what she said was online, and they start to reconnect and apologize. But then Traveler basically goes all '90s animated series Madam Web and teleports Peter away. And Peter's like, "Hey, wait, what's going on? Where are we going?" And then Traveler monologues about how he wants to study Peter. But Spider-Man gets angry and attacks him, and then he holds a crystal ball. He's like, "I have the soul of your Aunt May." And I can bring her back to life. Will you trade her for different lives on this earth? And then Peter's like, "Yeah, you know what? You're full of you're full of crap." And he smashes the crystal ball, and the little Aunt May ghost head flies away. And then Traveler, <laughs> oh God, Traveler takes Peter to New York, 24 hours in the future. Supposedly, it's destroyed, and he's like, "You did this, Peter. You did this." And that's the end of part one. We continue into No Adjective, which is Howard Mackey story and Tom Lyle art. Scarlett Parker is still in denial that the devastated New York was caused by him. Traveler's like, uh-huh, yes it is. And Scarlett Parker's like, oh my god, Mary Jane! And he goes off in search of her. <laughs> Traveler, Traveler assures him that Mary Jane lives. He snaps his fingers and New York's fine again. He says that they time travel it again. Oh, jeez. And then we get the 90th scene of Raven telling someone that Peter is innocent. You know how I know? <laughs> Because I have these scars. And then everyone's like, we know, Raven, you've been saying it for the last few months. Is this storyline ever going to get any movement? Actually, the readers say that. (laughs) (laughs) It'll get movement next month. Yeah. Traveler says that the explosion will be caused by the host. If he stays to protect Mary Jane, the city will be destroyed. If he stops the host, then the city is saved. So Peter goes off to find Mary Jane while Scryer continues to... Say the traveler, you shouldn't be so mean. <laughs> and then Scryer gets zap slapped, meaning you know, traveler kind of zaps him, like, dude, get, forget you. So Peter and Mary Jane reunite, and they work through their little domestic disputes. When traveler's like, it's time, and he swings off. Scarlet Peter finds the host and begins fighting them when everybody stops to stare at this big green light in the sky. Apparently, it's some rip in the space-time continuum that's going to destroy New York. And then Scryer's like, dude, that's what I've been trying to tell you. Traveler's going nuts, and he's getting sucked into the vortex. Did I say that this was like a bad episode of the 90s animated series? Sounds like a bad episode of Spider-Man Unlimited. Yeah. Ooh. But that's every episode. Spider-Man wants to save him, but Squire's like, no, don't do it. But Peter pulls Traveler out of the vortex, and it closes on itself without destroying anything. And then magical juju powers give Peter empathy for Traveler, who wonders why Peter saved him. Traveler is then carried away by Squire as Mary Jane rushes to embrace Peter. And that's the end of that... Ugh. 
Crossfire. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll start with uh, we'll start with Don. ASM four oh two. Um art's always good, art's always perfect. It's freaking bagly, man. Um though I thought that the colors were a little dry for for the most part. I don't have I don't have that much to say because like I think I'm I think I think we're all agreeing here. I really don't we're not we're really not interested in this like Judas Traveler, you know, nonsense. I mean it's just too mystical. It's really like there's been cries of like, you know, Captain Universe and Venom and everything, taking Spider Man away from what he's sort of like comfortable in being. But I think this really, really, really kind of stretches him too thin in terms of like a conceptual storytelling. But the 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 best parts I really liked were the scenes with him and Mary Jane. I thought that like the utter like agony and trauma they're suffering was just really palpable. I mean, again, Bagley's storytelling sells it. I love the I love the panel where Mary Jane said, you know, it's, it's all because of you. You and your horrible radiated blood. And she like immediately you know regrets it, but you know like she, it, it, she's, again, it's human. She's prego, it. man. She's prego. She's supposed to be, you know. Yeah, but still I think I, if she weren't, I wouldn't blame her because it's just it's such a trying uh time we're going through. Yeah. I mean there, there are it, some really cool panels with But uh, wait, it gets worse. Hmm? I said, but wait, it gets worse. Oh, we'll, get we'll get to that. That's like our catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of "but wait, there's more," it's "but wait, it gets worse." Anyway, Anyways, like I, I think that like last thing I want to say is that there's a really nice panel of like whenever Scarlet or yeah, Scarlet Scarlet Peter is in agony. He's wearing the mask. You can tell his he's screaming at the top of his lungs because like you can tell the ma- even through the mask how his mouth is like like ripped open. Just from screaming so hard, and um, I like I like the fact that you know he says Aunt May has found peace. I'm not going to do this to her because it kind of contradicts something that's happened recently. But never mind. But yeah, ASM. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been over this before. ASM, I would give. I, I really like the story, but you can't help it because it's you know Dean Mateus and Batman do good stuff. So I'm going to be a little generous and give that a B. Uh, Spider Man 59. This this is this is not as good because it's a. Uh, Mackie and Lyle, they're kind of a step down. Even though I like, I like and respect Mackie. Um, and Tom Lyle, I think, is the, is the worst for wear here. For one thing, I really don't like how he typically draws Mary Jane. Like she's like dressed up to go to like a, a meeting or something. And it's not just a freaking close up. He does this all the time. And Maximum Carnage, when Venom shows up, like at the end of one issue, Mary Jane and Peter are like, are like in there, like, like in their, like, they're like in their pajamas and stuff. And then the very next issue, she's dressed to go to like, to go to like a, a taping of her show or something. I don't know what it is with Tom Isle, but a little consistency with Mary Jane would be nice. And we don't get it here. And that's, oh, that's, that's, that's really stupid. It, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, he it, jumps over the couch, he's like, Mary Jane! And then Venom collapses onto the floor. And then the next <laughs> issue, she's like, I don't want that thing in my house. And she's all of a sudden dressed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's like wearing a jacket here. I don't. I really don't like how he draws her. Like I, I, I don't think I ever have. But and like the story is just nineties. You know, <laughs> they never, they never explain. On you have to fight in the nineties mob with their sunglasses and their and their mullets and their big guns and their butta butta butta. Who cares, man? Like get to the action. Like I know it's like get to the action, but the action is just cliche nineties comics and. I know I said sometimes it's endearing and enjoyable, but in this case it's not. They don't explain what's going on. Um, you don't understand what this has to do with any of the clones. Like a Judas Traveler is like a, I, I almost said a really bad swear word. I, 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 better, I better calm down. It's just, it's just stupid. So I'll give that like a, uh, I'll be generous and give it a C minus, but I didn't enjoy it. 
All right, Gerard, what are your, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Ooh, I, I, I didn't like this at all. First of all, any time, uh, you know, 1970s porn star, Judas Traveler, <laughs> 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 but, uh, this is not a, a Spider-Man story yet. That's the main problem I had with the both parts. I mean, this is like, this is like a Doctor Strange story with Spider-Man in it for some reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, time out. The, the amazing story, the amazing issue, I, I liked better because, you know, Mark Bagley's artwork is fantastic. In particular, there's this one, you know, that whole scene with the Mindscape. I don't even know if you guys picked up on this, but he, he drew these really intentionally confusing and angular panel layouts to indicate that, like, uh, Peter's confusion during these scenes, and then when it gets back to the normal scenes, you have really traditional panel layouts and stuff. I thought that was really clever, actually. I don't know if that was something that was scripted or something they talked about, but that was very nicely done. And uh, the scene with Mary Jane was actually pretty good, too, where they where, where she sort of lashes out at him for his uh, <clears throat> special sauce or whatever. Um, special love so portion. His, uh, his... Oh, this is, the, this is the worst, most lewd podcast ever. <laughs> you can see the chat window up, but... Yeah? I'll say to you. <laughs> I, I give this one a C+. Plus. I like that one a lot better. The, the adjectiveless issue, though, oof, oof, that was bad. Um... I've kind of gone on about how I don't like Tom Wiles art, and how I've, in the past I've mentioned that two of the things he does really badly are faces and buildings. And of course, you drop him into the middle of a story which has to do with all this like metaphysical stuff and collapsing buildings and all that. And of course, it just looks terrible, like really bad '90s, you know, style stuff. And then, oh man, I, I hated that. But the the plot doesn't make a lot of sense. It's really overwritten. I noticed, and um. I, I just, I didn't like that. And then there's this bit at the end where you have, like, um, Judas Traveler's, like, mind is exploding or something stupid. I don't even know what the hell's happening, but... <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> but then they show, they have, there's, like, these different flashes around him, and you see, like, Jesus and, like, witch trials and, like... Yeah, know, God, 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 though, yeah. And, like, nuclear... Bl- I'm like, what is this crap? Like, I have no... And then, of course, that doesn't... Well, I won't address that uh, retcon that we'll get later, but, oh, jeez, that... This is I, like think the, at, I think at this point, everybody was smoking the same stuff at this point, because, man, this is bad. Okay, okay. The hell of a drug. Hell of a drug. <laughs> you can just see Terry Kavanaugh knocking on Howard Mackey's door, and, okay... <sighs> I hope I don't get sued or, like, we don't get a complaint about this, but Terry holds up, like... Terry's like, hey, you want to have, hey, you want to have another story conference? And he's like, oh, a story <laughs> conference. And then Terry Kavanaugh like holds up a bag of like super killer weed, and they're like, oh yeah, story conference. And then it's like, and then it's like that '70s show. When have you ever seen that '70s show? You know how there's always that cert, that rotating, yeah, the rotating circle when they get high. It's like okay, and then there's gonna be a hole in the space time continuum. <laughs> and, and then Jesus is going to be in Traveler's mind, and his mind, his mind's going to explode. Man, yeah. man. awesome! That 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 that's that's brilliant. That's brilliant. 
We are going, I guarantee we're going to get a, a bad comment about I have a twist. <laughs> Who cares? I have a twist. What if behind the jackal's secret door there's another clone? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, pregnant with Peter. Oh. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Sorry. <laughs> too far. Too far, Jason. What's, what's the grades? Uh, I got a C plus for the amazing one, like I said, and uh, the, I, I have to give this adjectiveless one an F. I didn't like it at all. This is this is one of the rare issues. Even when I was a kid, I thought it sucked, and that says something. <laughs> Anything that had Spider Man and like bright colors, I would have liked, but. <laughs> Even back then, I hated it. I hate it. I hate it even more now. This is like the meat of the crab sandwich. So I'll give it a yeah, this, this was kind of a crab sandwich this month, wasn't it? Uh, That's a great analogy. Okay, Jason. First of all, uh, as far as far as the issue with Judas Traveler, uh, what the f- this thing makes? Uh, <laughs> what the beep? What the, this makes it all got beep? Sense. This is the worst. Don't me wrong. <laughs> I, I, and, I, and it pains me to say this because I love J.M.D. Mateus. I really do. And the, the two positive things I can say about this issue is, you know, Mark Bagley's artwork, obviously, because he's fantastic. And, you know, the part where MJ, you know, lashes out of Peter and then realized she made a mistake and you can see the hurt in his eyes. You know, that part was really, you know, tender. But uh, the rest of this was just... I don't even I I read this like yesterday as a refresher and I still don't remember really what happened. It's just that screwed up. Um, I'll give it a D plus because I don't have it in me to give because I don't have it in me to give Mark Bagley and D Mateus an F. But for fifty nine, I'll give I'll actually give fifty nine an F because I don't have those reservations about Howard Mackey as much as I respect the man. (laughs) I don't like him. Can I say something real quick about that? What? I don't, I, don't, I don't think it was. I, don't, I really don't think it was James Dimitrescu's idea to put this travel carpet. They probably just tell him, do a thing about travel, and he just did with the best he could. I'm, I'm not giving any hatred for James Dimitrescu. I'm just saying it's a bad issue. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Bertoni, what's your thoughts? Oh Lord. Well, as I've mentioned, this I know that we talk about the '90s series a lot on here because these books were published in the '90s around the same time as the series, and there's lots of influences back and forth and I can hear the money show <clears throat> yeah well I can name like four things that happen in this two-part story that happened in the 90s series like there's an episode where Madam Webb takes Peter into like a devastated New York and he's like who did this and she's like you did Spider-Man you did and there's people getting sucked in the vortexes left and right on the show and in this story <laughs> and, it's true you know <laughs> and then like Peter is in the middle of having a moment with someone when he gets interrupted by Traveler the same way that it does with Madam Webb like Peter's always doing something in the show and then there's the purple smoke he's like wait a minute I know what's going on. Speaking of... Now, it's a good thing that Peter turned down Traveler's offer for saving Aunt May So, because how ticked off would he have been when he realized that he bargained away and sold his soul to save save an actress? (laughs) That's a good point. Okay, anyway, anyway. MJ's characterization in The Amazing Issue, that's how you write a marriage, because it's... That's a legitimate problem that if people were in a real situation and a kid was deformed and the spouses blame one another and Mary Jane said it, it felt real and you could tell that she regretted what she said. But it didn't – I don't think Mary Jane kind of came off as the bad guy in this because that's one thing that people say is, well, when we write Peter and Mary Jane arguing, you know, it just makes them seem like horrible people. Or This felt – yeah, this felt very real to me. 
just because like writing that. the marriage is just too super duper hard. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, let's not let's not turn this into a traveler talks about the future, and he's like, "You will become a father," and I'm thinking, <laughs> "No, you won't." <laughs> Detective. <laughs> Oh. And then Traveler, okay, when Peter's like, the host is going to destroy this, stop them. And Traveler's BS explanation, he's like, I cannot stop them. They don't serve me. They serve my experiments. It's like, dude, that's like, that's the worst explanation ever. They serve your experiment. We'll say that their experiment is to not blow up New York. <laughs> they're all fighting and they're, okay, the hole in the space-time continuum, which makes no sense. It's just like, oh, look at that. <laughs> It's like that episode. Did you ever see the Futurama direct to DVD movie? There was actually like this whole thing. Like, yes, there was a, with a billion backs. <laughs> there was a hole in the space time continuum in the sky that was just there. That's what this is like. And then the, for some reason, the hole only wants to pull Traveler in. And then when Traveler doesn't get pulled in, it closes. What? What? Seriously. <laughs> what? I mean, at least with the science stuff, they try and explain it. But what? Science? <laughs> this is like, no. I mean, what? This really, this was just an interlude that wasn't needed. It could have been told, you know, outside of the clone saga. Traveler isn't needed. He's just, uh, and luckily this is him getting ridden off for a while, so. Yeah, this is the last appearance of, of Judas Traveler until the very, towards the very, towards the very end of the clone saga. Yeah. I'm gonna give the amazing issue a B because Bagley, DeMatteis, good stuff, especially with how Bagley did the Peter and Mary Jane scenes. That, Almost makes the issue deserve an A. No adjective. That's just getting a D. It's you know, the space-time continuum and this stuff with I don't serve the host doesn't serve me. I can't tell them what to do. They only serve my experiment. That's that's that that is dumb. That's no. I, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So a B and a D and a D. All right. Well, I'm going to give uh, both of these straight Fs. Uh, there was no redeeming value for either one of these. Dude, not even on. the Mary Jane and Peter scenes. The Mary Jane and Peter scenes were were were, were okay, but the rest of it was just flat out horrible. Uh, straight F. I thought I was being negative. Wow. Uh, I know. Uh, I read these issues and I really wanted my money back. <laughs> And I bought these as back issues, so that, that tells you something. I, I thought this was a horrible story, made absolutely no sense. It was at this point that everybody said, okay, we don't know what the hell to do with Judas Traveler anymore. We brought it back just because. Um, uh, the artwork was good. I, I liked both the artwork, but, I mean, really, the story was just awful. It was like somebody, it was like Terry Kavanaugh turning a plot, and um, DeMatteis and Mackie were forced to write it. That's what it really felt like to me. Um, the Clone Saga. I know, but this was just, like I say, not not a, not very many redeeming values about this at all. So you know what? Instead of giving an F, I'll give them a D. I'll give them a D. I'll, I'll be a little nicer. I'm not going to be as harsh, but I mean, how damn, do you this... give an amazing Spider-Man issue written by J.M.D. Mateus and drawn by Mark Beckley an F? That 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 made my mind. Like this? <laughs> F. I just did. <laughs> Sound like have Your you ever mind seen? Has been officially blown. Have you ever seen Fairly Odd Parents? There's that teacher who's always like handing out Fs. He's like F. Uh, like, why would I watch the- Fairly Odd Parents? Only <laughs> show. Yeah. Well, he, he's a manny. It's okay. Like I said. Well, exactly. Um, 
I don't know, man. I, this, this was just so. This was probably the worst Dimitrius story I've ever read. Yeah. This is one of the very few misses that I've ever had with Dimitrius. This was a straight miss. So, um, yeah. Uh, okay. Let's get on to spectacular issue two twenty five, right? Yeah, yeah, spectac- spectacular Spider-Man issue 225. The new Green Goblin terrorizes some criminals, and it's terrifying all the people who witness it. And we see Peter. He's visiting Harry's grave and pondering if this new Goblin, who this new Goblin is, and if it's another post-death scheme by Harry. The Jackal is also curious about this new Green Goblin, and he's throwing a little tantrum in this lag and lab, and he's saying that he can't that he needs answers about the Screen Goblin situation before he finishes his work with the car and virus and his master plan. Well, at the Daily Bugle, Jonah and Robbie continue to argue over the Peter Parker coverage, or lack thereof, and Ben Urich is waiting around, regretting the fact that he hired his lazy nephew. Peter returns to Mary Jane, who just finished making him a new Spider-Man costume. This way he won't have to wear Ben's, and I won't have to call him Scarlet Peter anymore. Because that just felt weird. They argue because she needs him to stay home with her and stop chasing after Jackal and Kane. And then there's a news report about a, some guy who's burning homeless people alive. <laughs> it's like, okay, what is it with the Clone Saga and their obsession with homeless people? That's like this continuing motif. So Mary Jane and Peter have this look that they understand that Peter needs to go. So we see the new Green Goblin. He uses his mask to do some kind of transformation in the shadows, and then he sneaks up on a homeless man and thinks how this homeless man is perfect. He's just like the others. And it looks like he's about to throw a pumpkin bomb at him, and then Spider-Man webs him, and he's like, whoa, man, you can't do that. So then we get the whole misunderstanding battle, which why on earth would Spider-Man think that this new Green Goblin was a villain just because he's dressed as the Green Goblin, he looked like he was about to throw a pumpkin bomb at someone, and he kidnapped Gwen Stacy and took her to the top of a bridge where she fell. The Green Goblin has most of the same powers as the other goblins do, but he mentions something called a lunatic laugh. Spider-Man's realizing as he's fighting him that he's like, you know... I fought Osborns. This guy is no Osborn. But he does take note that this new goblin's trying to avoid injuring people. Meanwhile, the real homeless burner, who I'm going to call him, he burns homeless people. Fire so- Fist. Fire Fist. Yeah, Fire Fist. He strikes. He's, he's the real homeless killer. Jackal watches gleefully in the shadows as this is all going on. In the shadows. Mary Jane visits Ben in jail, and this is this is this is what I put in the summary. Mary Jane visits Ben in jail, and they debate abortion. For the record, Ben is pro-life. That, 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 that's actually what happens because Mary Jane is talking about there's some complications with the baby. Should she bring it into the world? Is it ethical? And Ben's like, well, I'm pro-life, and because <laughs> I'm a clone who should have died a while ago. The Goblin saves the homeless man at the last minute from Fire Fist as Spider-Man fights Fire Fist, who is spouting nonsense about how he needs to cleanse the earth of the homeless people. Spidey's about to be finished off, which is really weird because this guy's like a D-lister. When the goblin uses, I, I was thinking more Z-lister, but go ahead. Yeah, when the goblin uses his lunatic laugh, which is this laugh that causes sonic vibrations to save him, Jackal continues to watch in the shadows, noting, just like Peter did, that this is no Osborn. 
we get another argument between Robbie and Jonah at the bugle with Robbie saying, dude, it's our journalistic integrity to cover this Parker thing. You're being biased. And then he yells, enough said, and slams the door on Jonah. Spidey defeats Firefist as the goblin runs away with his tail between his legs, wondering if he should continue this hero gag. The jackal also sneaks off before Spidey can see him. The jackal returns to his lair to find... <gasps> Another Peter Parker? And the and the editor's captions are like, is this another clone or someone who we've seen before? Well, we're going to have to wait till the next month to find out because that's the end of that story. We do get a backup story, and it's basically Ben Urich interviewing different people about the Peter Parker murder trial. Mm-hmm. It's a nice look back on continuity. Uh, he talks to, let's see, he talks to Flash Thompson who's like, yeah, Parker was always a wimp. He talks to Principal Davis, who says, yeah, Peter was a bit of a wimp, but, you know, he was kind of smart, but there was that one time when he flipped out on Flash Thompson and they started boxing in the middle of school. <laughs> talks to Anna Watson and talks to Betty Brant, and Jonah's like, hey, ah, I'm not paying you to do this. I'm paying you to work. I'm to work. And he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Peter's covering for the real killer. He's covering for Spider-Man. And then Ben Urich's left pondering what made Peter transform from a meek guy to a crime photographer in the middle of high school. Hmm. And that's where we end things off. Okay, well we'll go to uh, we'll go to Gerard first. You will. Um, I I didn't like the story very much, but there. I have to admit the Falco was on fire for a couple of pages. I, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but. Um, which page is this? I'm looking at page seven. He goes on the, the, the jackal talking and he, and he just, the Falco just like takes a swipe at like some of their competition. What, through Miles Warren's, uh, dialogue. So the jackal says, do I have a secret competitor? A valiant dark horse who is intent on ruining my image? I just thought that was great. <laughs> if you, if you're, if you remember the early nineties. Oh, I see what they did there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was valiant dark horse image. Nice. Um, and on the next page, there's this bit where there's like a, on the bottom of the panel, like outside of the main conversation that's happening between Ben Urich and, uh, what's his name, Ken Ellis, there's a, uh, there's a secretary at stealing phone calls, and, and one first panel, she's like, I'm sorry, this is editorial, you want the subscription department. And then the last panel, she's like, I'm sorry, this is editorial, you want the sales department. So clearly that's the Falco taking a swipe at what was going on at Marvel at the time, and I thought that was like I, I, this is the stuff you wouldn't notice if you didn't know the subtext, but it was pretty. It was pretty brilliant. I liked it. And then later, at some point, uh, he actually mentioned that he thought they only exist for like boosting market marketing or merchandising or something. That was pretty good. Um, the Mary Jane scene I actually liked because she sort of gave an indication that she sort of understands where Peter's at, at as opposed to being like the whiny bitch that people accuse her of being. Like, and um. To, this is going to sound strange, but I actually like the art in some spots. Like that splash page where the Green Goblin shows up, I thought that was pretty good. Um, it doesn't always work, of course, especially the color, but, I mean, th- this is, for the first time, I kind of got the idea that uh, Sal and uh, Bill Sienkiewicz were actually kind of on the same page and they were starting to get in sync at this point. But, man, the cons. Fire Fist? <laughs> Fire Fist. Um, the... Then there's this weird panel where Spider-Man is thinking to himself, and he's going on like this, this mystery dialogue thing, 
And I'm actually just going to read that because it's so bad it has to be heard. He goes, who is this new Green Goblin? What's his story? Why did he return to save me? Something tells me these questions will have to wait. That sounds like a blurb. That's not even like... That's not like <laughs> that sounds like something that you would, like, Stan Lee would have put in the last panel of, like, a Silver Age comic. It was really bad. I'm like, this is so out of place in this thing. And then, um... The whole Green Goblin activity is just... Like, Bertoni mentioned the previous issue. They were pretty bad here, too. I mean, like, just just come out and say what you're doing. Callously starts ignoring his spider sense, which always bothers me. And, um... <laughs> He's like, my spider sense went off. Oh, it's gone. Who cares? <laughs> Whatever. I could follow that guy, but I'm tired. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? It's not like he's going to kill someone's uncle or anything. <laughs> and I mean, was there any point to the having the jackal in this story? Outside this of, like... Off. Outside, like, that last page? Is this, oh. I mean, like, I understand... <laughs> Like, you know, they want to slip in the Joker, or, I mean the Jackal, as often as they can. But it's starting to get pretty annoying. That he's just around commenting on what's happening that we can actually see in the panel. He's the play-by-play guy. He's, exactly. It's like, we don't need that. I mean, they had a lot of exposition in old comics because they didn't have a lot of room to tell the story. So, you know, like Stanley would kind of have to tell you what's happening between panels that, that they're not showing you. God damn! I mean, you don't need him to narrate. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, it's 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 classic storytelling in the merry hoo ha manner. <sighs> Sorry, man. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, <laughs> genitalia references in this podcast. Um, so I, I would give this main story, a D, but I do have to kind of comment on one thing, which is the the backup story. I really like the backup story in this issue, where where they're going around interviewing all the, the different guys. It was a really nice, clean story that, frankly, I thought we should have gotten earlier. As soon as it came out that Peter Parker was going to stand trial or was arrested or whatever, I felt like almost immediately this should have been the kind of story that we got. Uh, it was very satisfying on that level, although it came a little too late. I think. But that The backup was actually really good. Just the main issue was crap. Okay. <laughs> What's your grades? Uh, I'm giving that one a D. A D? Yeah. Uh, Donovan, what you, what's your uh, thoughts real quick? You know, we've been kind of like, like uh, it's the past several issues that I think that my opinion of this uh, original one has changed a bit because this one kind of felt like a, uh, part of the, the cliche, like, a, you know, an average, nice Spider-Man story. You know, you have a villain, you have all the players, Daily Beagle, Mary Jane, uh, now been added in the, in the mix a little bit. And, um, I, for, it, it, there's a lot of 90s stupidity in it. Fire Fist. Yeah, Fire Fist. <laughs> I, I, I forgot to mention last episode that, like, calling the, the like, Hobby was little, uh, Operation Kill Kane. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> or Kane Kill. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ass either way. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not like that. But, um, I mean, I think the really, only thing that really kind of bugged me is the Jackal because he's such a Like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm swearing a lot, but, uh, like, that, that page seven where he's like, this is insane! I said, the Jackal knows him intimately. I really don't ask much about life. I'm content with a little piece of quiet. I need some pizza, uh, pizza show with the delivery service. I should be devoting all my time 
But the thief with bracelet catches you, it's like, shut up, you're not funny. Like, stop, stop. <laughs> like, I can't never... like, why is he angry? Yeah. Who cares? This is. I, I think the jackal. He's angry. Be- oh, go ahead. I almost feel like I've kind of jokingly referred to it a couple of times, but it seems like he really got Jokerized, didn't he? Like they kind of draw him to yeah. look like the Joker some sometimes, and he, he's joking all the time. I, I got that. I'm sure that was accidental. To answer Donovan's question, he's angry because uh, that whole Gwen Stacy and Warren Miles thing was a little fantasy that he set up for himself, and the Green Goblin ruined it. A I, I think they actually, he actually says that in the story. But yeah, he says that the Green Goblin ruined his fantasy. My irritation must have blinded me. I mean, but that, that, honestly, that's, that's really the only thing that kind of bugged me. I like the Mary Jane scene. And I, don't, I don't ever feel like, oh, Mary Jane's angry. She must... I, I think I really, I really feel bad for her because this is a pretty crappy situation she's in with her husband jumping in and out. And I actually think Peter, Peter's really acting like an, like an idiot. Like, you know, hoba hoba, my new costume. You know, come on, man. <laughs> But no, I, really, I that's think, what he really says, folks. He really <laughs> says, how about my new costume? One thing I think that Zombie uh, Simba does really well is show scenes of Peter, like, suiting up as Spider-Man. I, I specifically remember that, that one, the show where he beat the scorpion right before the Clone Saga, um, like, like, officially started, where, like, he's just suiting, um, puts a mask on and everything. And the scene here, I think, is, like, really, really cool. I, I think that art generally is... I, I I like the art, but I, at the same time, I don't think it needs to be a Spider-Man comic because it's, it's really dark. There's a lot of inking and shadows, and I think that it belongs on, on, a, on, a, like a, on a Moon Knight or something. But um, the last thing I'll say is that uh, I thought the like the page where she talks to Ben, kind of contemplates abortion, was really nice, just because it's realistic. I mean, it doesn't matter like you know they're 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 talking about it because you know you don't know what this baby's gonna come out with all this talk of radiation and cloning and everything, so. All things considered, I'm, I'm gonna give this a B because this was, this is probably the least offensive. Oh, oh, one more thing, I really, like, I really like the, the Jonah Robbie scene. But yeah, I mean, it was a filler issue, but it was a decent filler issue. So I'll give it a B. As we said before, I'm a fan of Sal Sema, Bill Sinkovich, not so much. Uh, the Sinkovich. Whatever. Um, <laughs> son of a bitch, I don't care. Uh. <laughs> This this was not a great story. I don't know if I'd even call it a good story. It was probably the strongest issue of the month. Oh may wow! Saying, may not be saying a lot, but it had a couple things I like. I, I've always had something of an affinity for the new Goblin because of um, what DeFalco did with him in Spider Girl. And um, honestly, the scene that I'm up that has Mary Jane and. Ben talking about, you know, whether or not she should have an abortion, and he says, well, you know, I'm pro-life, just knowing where, first of all, like Don said, that, that's a realistic conversation, and it's portrayed in a realistic fashion, but just knowing where, you know, a lot of people in the industry stand on, you know, politically, I thought that's kind of a ballsy thing to have a character come out and say. <laughs> so, well, it makes um, sense, given the fact that he's, you know... No, like Supposed I said, I think it, it, makes, it, makes, it makes perfect sense why he would have that position, but it's still kind of a ballsy thing to have a character come out and say, yeah, I'm pro-life, considering I'm guessing most people in the industry aren't. Uh, I, I'd give this issue a C, solid C. It wasn't great. It, was, it wasn't It was awful. It wasn't nearly Judas Traveler, what the f*** is going on here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Bertani. Okay. 
Well, like Jason said, strongest issue of the month, possibly, except for the art. I think that the strongest art was in Web. Find it funny that Peter wants Harry to rest in peace. I feel like that this issue should have been right after Web 125, though, because it's Jackal and Peter both reacting to the Goblin thing as if it just happened. And the little two-parter, it, it doesn't fit. It's like as if, well, that happened. Now let me think about this goblin thing for a while. The jackal makes a reference here to wanting to wipe out mankind. Can we see that this is starting to get a little, this, you know, bigger than that original story where it was just, as Peter said, a sick man obsessed with a dead woman? Mm-hmm. Now he's talking. I'm surprised that nobody mentioned, but... um I thought that you guys, all Crawl Space people, would have mentioned that somebody in the Daily Bugle background says, Hey, Cushing. Yeah. Oh, for Kate Cushing, yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. For those who don't know, Kate Cushing was uh, Robbie's replacement. When Robbie was promoted to editor-in-chief, Kate Cushing became the city editor. She mainly appeared in the 80s issues of Web, but she, she appeared in the other Spider titles, too. And she got laid off uh, towards the end of the Clone Saga. That's why we don't see her anymore. Even Peter says, you know, Mary Jane, Kane's probably the real killer. I should be hunting him down, so... Way to to put that right on the table, though. Way to, like, way to give the answer away. Spoiler alert, one month before they actually do. The abortion conversation, that was, um... I'm not going to get into where we fall on the issue, because that's a slippery slope. But I think we can all... Sorry. <laughs> you okay. know, no, we're not getting into a political. If you, so, yeah, uh, I think we can all agree though that that was a ballsy move. That I don't yeah. even know if they'd have that conversation in a comic today. Maybe they would, but I doubt it. That's <laughs> they would, and then Nora Winters would mock him. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I said this dude. Oh, okay. the Great Goblin. Uh, when he's with the uh, oblique Twitter day references. <laughs> When the Green Goblin saves the homeless man, he makes a comment like, Wow, this guy stings, but that's no reason for a person to die. Uh, right. <laughs> he's, like, he's like he's like saying it like it's serious, like he actually has to tell the kids that are reading it like that the moral of the story is just because homeless people smell, they deserve to live. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out why in the past lies. six months we've got why in the past six months we're getting another homeless man story. I just want to know. <laughs> At least they didn't bring back Rich Gannon. Not to be the quarterback. God. This was I didn't really like the art that much. Um I'm gonna go ahead and give away this spoiler because the reveal's okay. done in another series that we're probably not going to discuss. There's clues sprinkled throughout this issue and in web that the new Green Goblin is actually Phil Yurick, who's Ben Yurick's nephew. So he's and he try and he has a stint as a goblin superhero. And it was a series done by Tom DeFalco. There's a lot of elements of Spider Girl in there actually. Like a lot of what he would eventually do in Spider Girl, the whole teenage hero he did in the Goblin series first. It's really good. It's a really good series, which the sales were not good, so it ended before its time, but I would recommend picking it up. You can find it cheap. And they do lots of retreads now of the 60s Spider-Man, where it's a teenager, and he's misunderstood, and he's trying to find his way, and he can't be. This was a really, really good modernized version of it, though. It didn't come off as, oh, they're just copying Spider-Man. It was a really good concept, and 
I definitely recommend checking out that series. But as I said with the web thing, it's just so ridiculous. Why doesn't he just say what his agenda is instead of, you know, just being vague and then getting into misunderstanding fights? That always bothers me with comics that nobody ever said. It's like that Clone Saga 6 issue where Kane comes in and he's like, I'm going to finish what I should have done a long time ago. Returning, baby, made to you. Here you go. Oh, gotcha for a minute, didn't I? Or, or, uh, or was it like, wait, was it Red Robin or? Back oh God, Red Robin! It's like I was sent here to kill you. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I wasn't actually going to kill you. Then why'd you say you were sent here to kill me and you pointed a gun to my head? Joking. Yeah, yeah, that was in that was in a recent issue of Red Robin. Ugh. But this isn't a DC podcast. <laughs> Anyway, I love the backup. Uh, it does bother me that they get Betty's hair wrong, because that's not what Betty's hair was in those stories. Mm-hmm. But, but they get all the other details, right? Like the layout of the panels and Peter's cast and stuff. Um, <laughs> let's see. Principal Davis. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good continuity thing to remember. That's what I like about the phone like, like, like The continuity was all still there. I mean, you were dealing with something, but you still felt that this was not... In a, in a different section of Peter's yeah, life, it was Peter's they, life. Well, okay, let's let's be frank and honest with you. The, the retcons weren't dealing directly with Peter; they were dealing with the clone. Uh, that's something that we're going to debate next month. I'd say I'd give this a B minus. It was good. To, well, you know what? No, let me drop that to a C. You know why? One word: Fire Fist. <laughs> he burns homeless people because we need another public service event. The Green Goblin, it's like, wow, this oh, whole oh, oh, okay. but that's okay. no reason to die. <laughs> okay, so uh, this was the strongest issue of the month for me, uh, but that's not saying much, considering I've given, I think, uh, D's and, uh, yeah, all D's. So I'm going to give this one A, B, like returning did right what was your great yeah, yeah. okay oh <laughs> I want to give it a B like uh, I-, I thought it was a lot of fun the uh, series Firefist, not so much and this really <laughs> kind of shows you the tale of two B- Sabusimas the Sabusima by Sinkevich and the Sabusima by not Sinkevich and, and uh, pretty much it's night and day difference and I like I really like the backup. That backup gets a solid A from me. The um, the the main story gets gets a straight C simply because it felt like just a big pilot for uh, the Green Goblin series. That's what it felt like. Yeah, it really did. Hey, so, can you guys help me out here? When did that Green Goblin series debut again? Nineteen ninety five. Uh, actually debuts in four months. It was, yeah, it was a few months from now, because by the time we get to the Scarlet Spider one-shots, there was there was a crossover between an issue of Scarlet Spider and an issue of Green Goblin. Okay, thanks. I couldn't remember if it was after the Clone Saga or not, but it, okay, it happened... It, okay. it ran for about 12 or 13 issues. Yeah, I, I've 13, actually read a couple. They were pretty fun. I liked it. Uh, they Trouble ran for 13 issues. It, it ran through 13 issues, and actually Onslaught was the reason why he no longer became, was a hero. I have a question about the the backup real quick. Um, who when when was this character? Uh, uh, was it Ellen Yin or something? Angela Yin. Yeah, the photographer. Yeah, I remember her specifically from um, Peter Parker seventy five. We we'll get into that, but like like when did she first appear? I'm not read too many issues with her. 
uh, I think it was Webb during like the early 90s. I think she was basically the replacement for Lance Bannon. Well, Lance Bannon just recently died, like right before the Clone Saga. Because the facade storyline was... Yeah, him getting killed. Yeah, I know. So I think I think that's what she, she was like the new one, the new replacement, basically. Well, Somebody for Yurk to, Yurk to work with besides besides Peter. Comic Vine has the wrong issue for her first appearance. It says she first appeared in Amazing Spider-Man issue 421, and I'm like, I was, I was just looking at that. Yeah, I'm like, no, she didn't, because this is before that. And uh, hey, look, here she is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, we can, we can't. Her first we have to mention Comic Vine now. Oh God! I, hey, look, that was just the first thing that came up in Google. Okay. Anyway, Actually, the first thing that came up in Google for me was that Angela Yin is the name of a of, of a is the name of a model. Apparently, it was actually kind of. Well, that, that's why I searched Angela Yen Spider Man. And she's appeared before uh, ASM four twenty one for sure. Well, yeah, she's appearing now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To kind of kind of go, go down the. Uh, the grade scale. We have three F's, a C, and, a, and two D's for Web of Spider-Man. We had uh, in ASM and Spider-Man. We had ASM had a B, a C plus, a D plus, and a B. Uh, Sp- Adjective of Spider-Man had a C, an F, an F, and an F. Who gave it a C? I think it was. Uh, Donovan, he was being, he was being, uh, diplomatic. He was being diplomatic. Um, and Spectacular Spider-Man had a D, a B, a C, a C, and a B. I I, I can't get over that web, that web issue. It was, yeah, pretty bad. (laughs) Pretty bad. Um, two hours ago, actually, I still can't let let it go. (laughs) Okay, so I have an email that we just received. Okay. Is the Spanish guy calling about his car again? No, it's from our it's from our <laughs> from our frequent uh, contributor in terms of questions, Steve J. Rogers. He says, "Hey gang, just chiming in with a few questions for the pop culturally challenged. Other than the stuff from Spidey, Spidey the animated series, what are those clips in the opening from? I'm surprised Yoda's begun the Clone War has hasn't didn't make the cut. Aside from ninety Spider Man, there's mm-hmm. nothing else out there. Right? Yeah, it's." It's, it's pretty much all from, uh, I mean, I've, I've actually thought about, truth be told, uh, and I'll probably do it sometime in the next few months, taking that theme and adding a few extra clips in there. Now that we've been going for a while and we have like one or two inside jokes, I might add like one or two things in reference to those. But yeah, it's pretty much all from that episode. Uh, uh, I really, really hate clones. Well, even some, yeah. some, some are, are like the return of Hydra Man and others. Oh uh, well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's from Return of Hydro Man, but uh, I pulled that also it from, deals with clones. But I pulled it from the flashback because uh, the clips that I used were the flashbacks to Return of Hydro Man that were in I really really hate clones. Oh yeah, because yeah. just put in the intro, Mary Jane. Well, yeah, I thought about adding at least one Mary Jane in the intro, you know, and did the different thing. I I don't know. I thought I might be making the intro a bit longer and adding a few more things and. We'll tinker we'll with see. it. It's 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 the Top Gun thing. One thing that we've gotten a lot of strong responses about is our intro. I so it. I don't want to jump the shark and you know completely change it. Yeah, break what doesn't need to be because 
Uh, actually, I shouldn't. Oh, Gerard just linked me a YouTube video. Do I want to click this? Well, I guess I shouldn't say I love this because I'm on the show now. So yeah, well, well, Donovan like did a list of like top ten podcast theme songs, and we were on there. Oh yes, top <laughs> one theme. Oh okay, my so god. Yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna watch the stupid YouTube video, Gerard. I'm just saying. No, it's the top. <laughs> it's the Top Gun theme, and it's eight bits. Nice. Right. I anyway. always, I always thought that the Top Gun theme would make a good theme song or introduction for something. Yeah, yeah, for you s- know the truth. It does. For some reason, this is gonna sound so stupid, but whenever I read the first issue of Secret Wars, where it's all the heroes in that like arena and they're like, "Where are we?" I always like imagine the Top Gun theme playing, like as that's happening. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I have a dark confession to make. I've never seen Top Gun. <laughs> Oh, dude, it's made of wind. It's like one of the only Tom Cruise movies that's actually worth watching. I've never seen it all the way through, but my sister and my brother love it. It's, I it's, it's a really, it's a really good movie. I love the soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack, the soundtrack is wind. All sorts of wind. Mighty wings. Uh, I have to admit, the shirtless volleyball is offensive to me as a man. <laughs> yeah, the, the shirtless volleyball is a little, is a little uh, over the top, but not, not to women though. But, Spoiler alert: Goose dies. Well, it is Tom Cruise. Yeah, anyway. But uh, getting back to our, you know, our show. <laughs> our second question is, why do you think the Clone Saga was such a de- de- derided era of Spider-Man's history? Be- just because it ran too long in some people's eyes? Or do you think, and do you think that B- Brand New Day will eventually overtake it as the most polarizing era in Spider-Man's history? To answer that second question, I, th- I-, I think in terms of internet reaction, it already has. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, I think because the Internet was, is a lot more prevalent now than it was then, I'm sure that we would probably maybe have the same type of thing going on with the Clone Saga. So, well, But with the Clone Saga, there, it's, I could be wrong, but it seems like there's, I mean, there are people who, like like us, you know, we like some parts of the Clone Saga, but, you know, hate others. It's, it's With Brand New Day, it almost seems to be you either love it or you hate it. I think the difference between the Clone Saga is there was this rough patch, is what we're starting to get into, this rough patch. That was about mm-hmm. for about six to, six months, about a half a year of this rough patch, where I think this was at the point where the story was no longer organically flowing. This is the point where they're saying, hey, we've got to get, we've got to keep this thing going, create stories just to keep this thing going. We don't need to have any resolution. This is really the point. There's, because you got this month, you got Trial of Peter Parker. Coming up, then uh, after that you've got maximum clonage. Then after that you've got uh, uh, a couple of kind of filler months with Exiled, um, and then you've got Greatest Responsibility, and then you've got the two months of Scarlet Spider titles. So that's about six months of, of, of titles that are just kind of rough. They're not really well polished, and then it seemed like that you just kind of had this resurgence when uh, Return of Spider-Man hit, and they started working on doing that. And I think that it was just kind of a really they were finally breaking the chain and just moving on. Each title had their own identity. Yeah. So, uh, like I say, I, I, I think uh, I think it's derided because of this because of the six month part we're getting into. I think this is where you're going to start seeing us probably become a little more negative towards the Clone Saga. This is where we're kind of just start. I won't be. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we, we we pretty much trashed most of the most of the issues this month. And we've and there's been a couple months where we have, but um, 
like I say, we're we're gonna we're we're fans of the Clone Saga and we don't like it. So <laughs> well, we, we call it the house, we seize it. It, to get back to that whole Clone Saga versus Brand New Day thing, fast forward the podcast about a minute if you don't want to hear spoilers for stuff that happened ten years ago. You can complain about Brand New Day all you want and about, you know, Mephisto, selling souls to the devil, drunken hookups, and mass sex, but don't forget, this stuff was really controversial at the time. Mary Jane and Peter lost their baby. Peter hit Mary Jane... Norman Osborne was brought back from the dead. We were told that we had, had sex with Wooden Stacy, but that was later. Yeah, we were told that Peter wasn't actually Peter. I mean, all that stuff, like on its own, all that stuff on its own would be enough to break the internet in half. I mean, that's just off the top of my head. But yeah, you know, Peter smacking Mary Jane, Peter not being Peter, Norman Osborne coming back, Peter and Mary Jane losing—that's th- all pretty. Big controversial well, stuff. Can, 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 can I counterpoint that a little quick? Because I think that um, in contrast to Brand New Day, you have a lot of stuff people don't like. But like with the Clone Saga, a lot of that's just kind of comic book stuff. I mean, you know, in everyday life, people don't turn out to be clones of other people and everything. And sure, some people <laughs> well, The circumstances are different. And with Brand New Day, there's a lot more societal, kind of a little more kind of um, social things that are going on, which a lot of people are taking offense to. You know, uh, there, there's an article that's been it's upcoming on Spidey.com, and I'm going to compare and contrast the uh, the Clone Saga with the JMS era, and there's going to be one fundamental truth to it that it, that's basically my thesis for why I like the Clone Saga. And um, I'm also going to be talking about this in the Clone Saga of the articles, but one of the things is, and I, I don't, I, you know what, I'm not going to give it away yet. Just stay tuned on Spidey.com. You'll, you'll, you'll find out soon enough, but... Uh, there's a big reason why I think people that didn't like the JMS era, and there's people that don't like the uh, didn't like the Clone Saga, and I'll explain all that like I say in an article. But it, 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 there is a big reason why I think people look at it as fondly as they do is because there were no rules, nothing was sacred. There were no sacred cows. Exactly. I'm there, I, I gave it away. But I mean, there was no secret counts. You know, nothing. Anyway, um, next. So to, oh, go so ahead. The, the last question that he has. Uh, finally, other than Ben Riley, who are some of your favorite clones in pop culture? <laughs> Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Where? Where? Yeah, yeah Boba Fett. Yeah, Boba Fett's made of man. Uh, oh, I got one. You know that scene? Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say the second Arnold Schwarzenegger from the sixth day. Oh no! <laughs> you had to bring that movie back up. Why? Did I, hey, did I write an article comparing the Clone Saga to that? That got wiped yes. out when the fight thing crashed. I got to put that back up again because that was uh, that was fun. It's like it's like the only Arnold Schwarzenegger movie I've never seen. Yeah, you know, you're not missing. You're not missing much. Uh, um, you know that Bob Saget? You gotta watch. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, but yeah, uh, other clones in pop culture. Is there like is there many? I don't, I don't think there's that many. So a uh, Superboy. You know, well, yeah, Superboy. Well, he's not in pop culture. Yeah, yeah, Superboy. But we'll we'll come yeah. up with we'll come up with some. We'll we'll, we'll save that. We'll we'll table that question for this month and come back to it next month. Yeah, or next episode. Te- yeah. Technically, anyway. technically, Spider-Man is a clone. The Spider-Man in current continuity now, because during uh, the Avengers disassembled tie-in with the Queen. 
Spider-Man's, like, body did something and turned into a spider, and it laid an egg that was a clone oh. of Peter Parker, and... They, thanks, thanks for okay. me that. Okay, that... Okay, whatever. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it never happened. Okay, no, yeah, it, it didn't. Happen. Okay, anyway. <laughs> and wait, and then that clone... Then, then that clone got cloned okay, during uh, the other. Okay. No. Oh, God, that's right. Okay. Really I, I don't, want, I don't want to think. I don't want to think about that. Okay, let's just let's just drop that, please. <laughs> and he uh, obviously left us an email on Clone Saga Chronicles at gmail.com. That's Clone Saga Chronicles at gmail.com. The next time on Clone Saga Chronicles, we're going to be covering the. Is it the Trial of Peter Parker month? The yeah. Trial of Peter Parker, Web of Spider-Man issue 126. Uh, then it's Amazing Spider-Man issue 403. No adjective issue 60 and the very controversial. This one is going to cause lots of discussion. And laughter. And laughter. And domestic abuse. Oh wait, is it? Oh, oh. Yeah. Spectacular Spider-Man. Issue. You hit the jackpot issue. Issue 226. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Should we have Brad back on for that? New Warriors, uh, we should have him just come on to say that. New Warriors issue 61 is that month, but it's kind of a maximum clonage prologue, so do we want to, what do you want to do? We'll forget we'll, about it. We'll briefly touch on it. Yeah. So, anyway. So, um, touch on it. Uh-huh. The Trial of Peter Parker is the next edition, so I'm really excited about this one, because this one's, this one's got a lot of twists and turns and a lot of fun. Uh, find out who Kane is. Yeah, you find out who Kane is, you find out, uh, what happened. We, we find, we find out what happens with Spider-Man's Maxibitch. So! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, it's 206-339-5570. Okay. 206-339-5570 is the phone number to leave us a voicemail. Remember to please mention Clone Saga Chronicles, and if you just leave us a random voicemail, we'll still play it. <laughs> no matter what language is in. <laughs> yeah, please let it be English so that way we don't have to try to decipher it with habla espanol. Um, <laughs> and, and if you are going to call us, please do it in English. Yeah. Um, and finally, you of course can leave us an iTunes review on iTunes. We'll also read it on the show. Thank everybody for their time and patience. Uh, we know it's been a while since we've got one of these episodes out. We'll try. We're going to try eventually to get back on a biweekly schedule, um, and we'll have some more announcements concerning Spider-Man. <laughs> Uh, we're actually going to be doing, uh, well, I'll go ahead and I'll kind of make an announcement. We're going to have day, uh, weekly, uh, uh, features that are going to happen on certain days of the week. And we're going to be debuting that. I was, I said the end of the month, I'm going to push it back to give us, we've had some, uh, personal issues. I've been moving. Bertoni hasn't, you know, been home for weeks at a time. Uh, you know, so we're, we're uh, in the middle of about around May 15th, we'll, uh, we'll actually debut all that stuff. So I'm really, really excited. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Also, one final announcement, and I'm going to, we're going to announce this up, I'm going to make this announcement every single episode until uh, leading up to the uh, Maximum Clonage episode. But for Maximum Clonage, uh, we've been floating around ideas how to celebrate it, and what we're going to do is we're going to do a, a quote-unquote live collar show. We're going to have we're going to have the uh, regular panel on, and then we're going to bring in live callers. You guys, here's the deal, though: you have to at least have read uh, or know a thing about maximum clonage. We're going to talk strictly about maximum clonage. You can't also leave us. I mean, 
wishes of goodwill or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that'll all be a little bit of fun. We'll, we'll announce, we'll record it on a weekend day and, uh, we'll announce that up on spidey.com as it gets closer. But, like I say, we're, uh, we'll, That's uh, the month after the next podcast, so. No, we, we got, we, well, uh, I wanted to announce it this month and so. Yeah. Uh, that way we, people kind of know in advance. I'll make, we'll, we'll, we're gonna set a date and we're gonna stick to it. <laughs> That's been our problem this month. But, uh, anyway, we do appreciate you, the listener, listening to our, our show. As always, you can check out for updates on our Facebook page, spider.com, and of course, spider.com itself. So, thank you, and, uh, pick up Epic Book Number Two when it comes out in a couple months. And if you haven't picked up Epic Book Number One, do it now. Do it now. Arnold says so. And as, and as and as Stanley says, Excelsior. Hope dangles on a string like slow spinning redemption, winding in and winding out. The shine of it has caught my eye and roped me in so. Mesmerizing, so hypnotizing I am Captivated I am Vindicated This does not leave the Skype the Skype chat. Oh wait, this is being recorded, isn't it? it don't worry, it'll go in the bloopers. <laughs> the most uncomfortable one. This is not going to go in the show, right? No. <laughs> uh. Josh, Josh, I swear to God, this is not going in the show. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of people who are about to give us one star review, so I'm shutting yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, shut up, Tony. <laughs> and all of them are named. Oh, that's Stop. getting cut out. That's getting that that's getting cut out. That'll survive. <laughs> that will not survive the editing process. You'll <laughs> never hear this again, folks. Ah, boobs. <laughs> We're done. For some reason, I for some reason I wanted to start singing. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. I can't figure out why, but. <laughs> Well, the man is obviously a fan of Power Girl. Dude, I was listening to Lion King soundtrack in my car today. That's so funny. Oh, God, there's going to be so cut out. This is just... We're like competing for like, the blooper reel, like, extending hands like last time. Right? Uh, anyway. <laughs> Don't sign me into the other... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're forgiven. Uh, I've been signed out of this account. I know. Bless you. Thank you. Oh, you spelled Chronicles wrong, Donovan? Hi. You cannot be looking forward to this, Josh. Speaking of, yeah, speaking of the Lion King, this is like Scar would be rolling in his grave right now because we're not being prepared. Lion King is actually plagiarism anyway, so whatever. You mean about Kimba, the, uh, what's it called? White Lion, yeah. 
Yes, we'll be prepared. Prepared for what? For the death of the king. Why, is he sick? No, we're going to kill him. And Simba, too. Great idea. Who needs a king? No king, no king. La, la. Idiots, that will be a king. But you I said... I will be king. Stick with me, oh, and you'll never go hungry. I'll never go hungry again. Hey, Mon, we have the king. Oh, oh my God. What? What did I... What did I... <laughs> and then they do the Nazi march. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah, why are we... Third shit. Why, do we, why are we... Donald Duck. Duck. Oh, no. All right. Uh, now... Here's the deal for 125 before I get started. I did the rundown for 125 on my laptop and the ones for the other three on my desktop. My laptop is being really difficult right now, so this is going to be a very awkward rundown. I'm going... I remember most of this issue, but... (laughs) You'll notice that it's not going to be as fluid as the other ones, so... You fool! Well... I mean, I might put this explanation in the bloop, in the blooper reel, and I'm going to edit out long silences and some ums when this actually goes on the episode so that it doesn't sound. We can help out and charge it. Wow. Can I review first just so I don't get from folks? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean, so you don't get from folks? Well, oh, shut up. You know what I mean. I don't know what they you're... Don't like no, I don't. Stay, stay up so don't folks. Oh, he, oh, okay. I thought he meant from, like, the listeners. Like, 